Hey, what's going on? This is Cast Iron Kyle. You're listening to another episode of Tabletop Trio. Today, I join the guys and talk to them about the Boston Hot Sauce Festival. We go over a whole bunch of picking techniques and flipping techniques. You're not going to want to miss this one. We also talk about some old school craftsmen and thrifting. All that and more this week's episode. Tabletop Trio Podcast. Hey, what's going on? This is Cast Iron Kyle, and you're listening to the well-seasoned Tabletop Trio on Twitch TV. Hello there. Hi. Hello. Welcome. It's been a while. A little bit. But welcome to another episode of the Tabletop Trio podcast. We've got an awesome, awesome episode for you today. I'm Bob. I'm Joe. I'm Bronson. And we have a special guest in studio if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash tabletop trio uh cast iron kyle has joined us once again oh but thank you for having me this right. time he's gonna be here at the table with yes, us i get yes. a seat yes instead yes. of uh cooking for us and, and all that kind of thing i made the reservation in time I, yes I a spot. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool because last time when i was here i was like man I- they're having fun over there. I was like a like a mom cooking, watching the it's kids like, play. Like, uh, <laughs> come back! Like, oh man, they're laughing. Oh shit, the steak's burning. Let me turn it. You know, like. <laughs> but I'm, I, I told you guys I wanted to come and not cook anything. Not, like, just 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 chill. And this is awesome. So I, I'm really appreciative of being here. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a more lax episode for sure. Uh, yes. Where you just get to sit here and not run around my kitchen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe, where's the spatula, Joe? <laughs> Drinking green beer for St. Patrick's Day. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, this that's a, the thing. That's coming up this uh, this Thursday. Shamrock oh, or shake Friday. beer, huh? Cheers. Oh, what do you wow. guys think? It's shamrocky. Shamrock wow. shaky. It smells like a shamrock shake. I guess now's not the time to say I've never had a shamrock shake. No, it's definitely not the time. Okay. <laughs> Boy, this tastes like just it. like you would think it would. <laughs> it tastes like one. It yeah. 100% tastes like one. Yep. It's interesting. Just figured, like, you know what? Everybody's had an IPA by this point. Let's just bring something different here. So, real to talk, the table. <laughs> the flavor of Shamrock Shake is just mint chocolate cookie, right? It's it's mint with, like, more like a vanilla base as well. It's, like, it's, got, a, it's got a vanilla. It's got a base of a milkshake, which is, I think, vanilla. I thought gotcha. Shamrock Shakes were just vanilla milkshakes with, like, mint in it. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, much that, it. That's okay. all yeah, they are. I'm getting strong Girl Scout cookie vibes out of this. <laughs> Like That's good. Mince. You, know, you yeah. bought it. You bought it in front of an Acme. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You were guilted pr- buying an extra pressured. box, dude. Whenever I buy Girl Scout cookies, I always tell them to do the math because I kind of want to like make it like an educational like commerce thing. I'm like, all right, so if they're six dollars a box and I bought four of them, how much is it? The mom's like, that'll be twenty four dollars. I'm like, would you shut up? <laughs> Damn it, Karen! Implying that I can't do the math. Right. I drove here. I know. I know the math. I'm trying. And the girls are like. Oh, like we would have gotten eventually, Mom. Like oh, I get two boxes per gallon on my gas tank. I know how to do the Girl Scout cookie math. That's right. That's right. right. Did you guys have the new one, the Heath one? The new, There's like, new one. Like There's a, a new one. Toffee, not Heath. It's toffee crisp cookie thing. Ooh, no. I was not aware. So I love Heath bars. So like, so yeah, dude, same. I'm about that Heath bar. My girlfriend could use those as positive reinforcement for me. Did you do the laundry? <laughs> oh, look what we have. Who's your good boy? Do you want a treat? Yeah, yeah, there's dishes in the sink. You can get another one of these bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's me with the lemonade ones. Ooh, if you really go check the garbage, there might be one right. taped to the back. That's right. That's so funny how like life evolves when you're in a relationship and living in a house and stuff like that. Like, like 
like leading up to like a, a nice night, you're like, guess who did the litter? <laughs> like, it, you know, that's like, <laughs> guess who put out the shit box today? Exactly. Right. <laughs> it was my wife when I got home. She's like, garbage is all done. I'm like, look at you. That's your, that's your pillow talk, you know, tomorrow is, right? Make sure you take the trash out before you go to work. Got recycled day tomorrow. Oh, so how's everything been, guys? What are we, what are we, uh, what are we excited about? What's going on? A uh, little bit of everything. Okay. Uh, the hobbies have been too, too many. <laughs> I, I, it looks it looks uh, very jungle love in here. Man. Yeah, I decided to just have a forest. I love it. I think it's it's wonderful. <laughs> and they they do say the science behind having a lot of plants in your house makes your, you know, your oxygen a little bit more uh, diversified, I guess, or or more healthy. I so they know. did the math on that. Okay. The amount of plants you would have to have in your house uh-huh. to make the oxygen better, you would have like one square foot for you to walk around in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is mostly just for show. It looks nice though. I but like these, it. these are all. It's direct right of where yeah. you guys can't it's see. It's like right behind the um, camera. <laughs> those are all edible. Yeah, that's None like an of, herb garden, right? Uh, herbs, eggplants. Uh, lettuce. Lettuce, a lot of lettuce. Catnip. Uh, catnip is in there so I can get my cats the, the good stuff. I got that fresh grown uh, drug. So, Do you find that the catnip, having catnip, keeps them from biting the other plants? Like, if they have a plant, they know they can tear <laughs> no, up. No, there's a okay. lettuce directly on the <laughs> other side of the catnip. Okay. And if you've noticed, there's not a lot of lettuce there. I We were on screen <laughs> once, just doing our thing, and then we just looked over, and my cat was just like, eh, and just went to take, like, a nibble. They're Big old chomp. Yeah. I was like, this lettuce, you don't even... Cats don't like lettuce. It's just crunchy water. My cat does it and, and looks us in the eye. Like, picture like mm-hmm. like a bad kid. Like, don't touch that glass. You know? My cat's oh, yeah. like, this plant is so nice. It would be a big shame if somebody <laughs> did that to it. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? We're right here. Yeah, my, my cats like to eat the fake plants, so we started getting real ones because the idiots just kept eating the fake ones. <laughs> they had to pretend to eat the fake ones? Yeah. No, they weren't <laughs> pretending. That's the problem. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so you guys have indicated to me that you are going to come to the Boston Hot Sauce Festival. That is correct. We are. And that is very cool. That makes me very happy because I am already, like, stressed out about what's going to be going on with it and, like... You know, if I'm going to know anybody, like, you know what I mean? It's like a, I'm mm-hmm. out of my element. They're, like, picking me up and plopping me here. And I, my brother's coming with me. I got my buddy PJ's coming with his camera. My buddy Phil's coming with his camera. But, like, I've sat down and, like, had long-form conversations with you guys. Like, I feel like we've connected through Hot Sauce. So it's, like, really cool that you guys are going. And I think it's really neat that you guys are going to go up to Boston and do this. You're going to do some coverage before, during, mm-hmm. after incorporate that into your podcast. I think it's great. And I can't wait to see what you guys do with all the, the you know, the, the footage, the, the, oh, yeah. the audio. What, what do you guys the, plan on the doing? Stuff. Uh, do you, do you, so I have a very base and rudimentary idea of what we're going to do. Hmm. I'm thinking Friday we do like a pre-show kind of thing. Okay. Um, just kind of say, you know, Hey, we're going to be here. You know, if you're up in the Boston area, make sure you pop in say hi. Okay. Grab your tickets, especially if you love hot sauce, like that kind of deal. Um, and then Saturday, Sunday, just go around, enjoy the festival, talk to the vendors that are there. (coughs) If I, you know, copious consumption of capsaicin. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That was worth the the triple C's. Yeah. That was good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, go around, talk to the different vendors, get some interviews and just kind of learn about them like who they are what they do how yep. they get their start you know 
what their favorite sauce is. How they develop a sauce you know, would be a cool thing. Like, exactly. It's great because almost like podcasts, the hot sauce world, there's no like feast or famine mentality. They're all so into working together. Oh, like, yeah. I did when I went to Sauce-toberfest, which is like the North Jersey kind of <laughs> nice sauce Fantastic festival, game. and then the New York City Hot Sauce Festival, you just notice these people are like like helping each other. Hey, can I borrow your tape? Or like, can, like they're they're so it's such a communal thing. Mm. Like I think that you guys will really see that, and it it'll, it's just it's like podcasting. There's no podcast like man, I hate those guys. Oh man, it, we all work together. Yeah. I have a podcast. You guys have a podcast. Let's get together and enjoy the best of both worlds. It's like beers. They all collab with each other. Mm-hmm. Like you get a hot sauce bottle. It's like oh, these guys, these guys, and these guys made this awesome sauce. Yeah. And we got guys coming down from Canada, Ginger Goat Hot Sauce. They were featured on Hot Ones. Mm. Um, really cool. You guys have had Ginger Goat. Uh, we did last time. We tasted that was, um, I think that was like a ginger-based, like I literally ginger-based. Uh, we did Family Band last time, which was like the Blueberry Habanero one, I believe we had. That mm. one slapped. Um, yeah, you like that one. You know who? what else you like? The White House Station one, where the mm-hmm. collaboration yes. with Conclave Brewing. White yes. House Station is going to be there. They yes, reposted me saying, that was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, people <laughs> saw me do stuff. Yeah, John, who owns White House, he's like, hey, you know these guys? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting right there with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. That, that's me, right right there. He's like, oh, it's awesome. Like, Thank you. But um, <laughs> they, a lot of a lot of the companies that we tested here and, and really enjoyed will be there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you guys have that footage on hand to show like us tasting it and stuff like that, it just could you know blo- blossom into some cool relationships. And I, I find the hot sauce community to be very welcoming to any kind of collaboration. And it just it seems so cool. Like I've always loved. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've always getting choked up, guys. It's a very I emotional it, subject it's, for it's Bob. Gets hot sauce gets him right in the feels. Hot sauce right always here. gets him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, but like I remember growing up and my dad being really into hot sauces and trying all these different places and going to like hot sauce stores, right? And you know, like him trying like the old like Dave's Total Insanity. Oh yeah, and all those like yeah. dipping in a toothpick and everything. He's just like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. And everyone's like, what is wrong with you? That's the hottest thing I've ever had. He's just like, eh. yeah, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, but like doing that, I remember him and my like my dad and one of my friends from high school would just do shots of hot sauce. And they'd go head to head one after one. Shot sauce. And I'm sitting there, I'm like... Market that. (laughs) Y'all. Now, see, the the common misconception, they they think that I'm like, I could have everything up to like Carolina Reaper and all that stuff. I'm not into the super, super hot stuff. I'm into the hot stuff that is like well-balanced with flavor. Like that's why I brought the the last group that I brought here with you guys. It was Mm -hmm. such an eclectic thing. Um, You guys remember the one, uh, it was, it was by Spicy Shark. It was like a coconut and pineapple one. It was like a really tropical one, like a scotch bonnet. Yeah, it was awesome. They're going to be there. Mm. Um, They actually have now a spicy uh, maple syrup. Ooh, and a spicy what? blueberry syrup. Well, that's dangerous. Dude, you know, want to know something <laughs> that happened? I accidentally, I, it sounds really, it, it sounds terrible, but I like spilled blueberry hot sauce when I was making grilled cheese. <laughs> and it was literally the best thing. Like I bumped it and it like, because I was doing, oh, sorry. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that. that. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to make a marinade for like a, a dinner the next day. And I had everything open, and, like, when I'm in the kitchen, there's just millions of things, Whirlwind. shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I spilled 
like blueberry syrup and it like went on the plate and it went on the bread and all that stuff. So I literally made a grilled cheese with that blueberry syrup on it. And I now eat grilled cheese with fruit preserves. Like grilled <laughs> cheese <laughs> is such a good vessel for any kind of sauce. <laughs> like think of a sauce you wouldn't put on a grilled cheese. I don't. Hang on. I'll, I'll get one. I'll get. I'll get yeah. there. But it's the point is it's difficult, right? Like you could put maybe the like vast majority of sauce. sauces. No, dude, duck sauce, man. I would make it with like a imagine like a pepper steak grilled cheese with duck sauce. Oh. What is what are Never crab mind. rangoons <laughs> if not just fancy grilled cheeses? Isn't isn't Ooh, the crab that, rangoon just cream cheese? Yeah, and and, uh, and bread, fake crab, fake crab mm, and bread. If it's a bad Chinese restaurant, it's fake crab. Uh, <laughs> Dude, crab rangoons, I order them like no matter what. So that being said, is crab rangoon a sandwich? No, it's a it's a little pocket <laughs> of love, pocket. dude. It's, it's a, a little No, it's more akin to a ravioli. Dude, it's yeah. a little it's a That's little true. love muffin. That's a little hug right Anything there. it's a dumpling. <laughs> you, yes, yes, it's a crispy true. dumpling. I think it's just a fried dumpling. Crab rangoon grilled cheese. Okay. <laughs> I've had We're crab grilled it. cheese before. It slaps. Well, we might have to do that the next You're episode. just getting closer and closer <laughs> to a uh a lobster roll, just for crab. But like, yeah, <laughs> smashed in a panini press. Yeah, but just, just yeah, fried the, first. That's short. what I'm saying. There's so much a, cr- a grilled cheese goes with because yeah. it's so basic. It's like a like a key component that you would mix with most other things to make a good dish. That you could just basically put whatever on a grilled cheese. Do you know the secret I found to making like I posted a short rib, um, like caramelized onion. I saw that grilled cheese, and. I'm kind of like doing a soft open to doing a YouTube channel. Like I don't want to just open the gates with like an hour long (laughs) podcast. I kind of want people to be introduced to a little bit of what's, what the content's going to be based on. Mm -hmm. So I made that short rib grilled cheese. Uh, It was, it was cheddar cheese, uh, caramelized onions and Wagyu short rib. Mm. And I took the video from Instagram and I posted it on a YouTube short. It's a very easy platform to do a short on YouTube. First comment. That's not a grilled cheese, it's a melt. Shut the f- You know? <laughs> oh, my God. You know what it is? Those are the, those are the words. Your brain's a melt. Fuck off. You mean melt? <laughs> and my comment, the letter says, you mean melt? And I wrote, my comment was, yes, the cheese did melt very nicely on the sandwich. Thank you for wondering. You know what I mean? But it was just, it, it, whenever I don't know how to, like, pair a meal or, like, what direction to go to, I always have like some good semolina or some good sourdough or mm-hmm. some kind of bread where I could be like, you know what? I'm not sure what kind of entree this is going to be. Grilled cheese. And that's it. And, and it always <laughs> works. It never yeah. doesn't work. You guys are absolutely right. And the trick I found, little tiny, tiny bit of mayo on the outside of the bread before you grill it. Uh, I do copious amounts of mayo, but oh, I use well, different mayo. You can I, do I don't use American mayo. That's my secret. QP. What? Russian mayo. Russian mayo. Mm-hmm. You got to go to like a net cost. I love net cost. You, you know go- about net cost? What's the net cost? My, my wife is rushed. Of course. Dude, <laughs> Bulbasaur evolved way too early in this episode. What the hell? So my wife is Armenian, Ukrainian, yes. Russian, whole nine. Yeah. Her whole family. I was introduced to net cost through them. And I was like, so net cost is like a shop, right? But it's like, it's like a Russian shop, right? So like everything you go is Eastern in another European language. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's the oh, best place. So it's Russian Aldi. 
Uh, not Aldi. No, it's, it's, it's way end. more expensive than Aldi. Wait, wait, so wait, Russian Acme and Wegmans. Yes, Russian Wegmans. Russian okay. Wegmans. All right. Russian <laughs> Wegmans. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's exactly what net cost Correct. is. Yes. Um, there, I work with a couple guys that are, you know, Eastern European, Moldovian, Russian, and all that stuff. Every once in a while, like, we don't really communicate, like, crazy amounts of talking because mm -hmm. they're, their English is fine, but they're very, like, they're very conservative about how much they try to communicate with English because they're afraid that they're going to look silly or something like mm. So every once in a while, you try this. Uh, okay. Thanks. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll get that in the greatest fucking thing I've ever had in my life section in the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> and they, the pastries I've learned about, different pastries. Yeah. There is a Russian dessert called Chuck Chuck. <laughs> That's the name, Chuck Chuck. It is like, think of like, Japanese fried noodles that you would get as like a, a condiment when you would buy Chinese food mm -hmm. soaked in honey pressed into a brick. That sounds very familiar. That sounds like, um, oh God, what are they called in, in Italian? Oh, fuck. It's a Christmas thing. We form it into wreaths. It's very, very similar. It's, it, 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 I can't believe I've gone this many years without like having anything similar to that. Mm. You eat these foods that are just so common in that, in that, in that culture, and you're like, what the hell? I will never be able to make this yeah, in my so, kitchen. So mm -hmm. early on, uh, my wife's mom bakes a lot. Okay. So she's just casually like, I made a cake. And I'm like, all right, cool, it's cake. Then I try it, just like mind-blowingly good cake. Yep. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, I married her. This is going to be a problem. <laughs> oh, How no. am I supposed to not? <laughs> <laughs> and, and now her new thing is uh, making bread. She makes bread. Turns out her bread is like phenomenal. So what a conundrum to be a so part of. I started making bread. Great. And she got really excited and she started getting me all this stuff to make bread. You're going to be sleeping on the couch. I told you sesame seeds. So now I have all these, like we make bread and I just make this loaf and I'm like, well, now what am I going to do? So I made like a, a cheese steak. Right. But I, so I had, I don't know if I bought it up on the podcast. When I was a kid, I had <laughs> the best cheesecake, uh, cheese steak I've ever had. And it was literally a steak, not cut, not sliced. Mm. It was a, it was a cheese steak. Yeah, yeah. And but it was so tender, you could just bite it. And you could yeah, just, if you make it right, you could just it just pulls right. Apart but you never yeah. get that like in a restaurant. So I was like, no, no. all right, it's been I don't remember how long. I'm gonna try to fucking make this. So I went and I bought like a USDA prime, yeah, uh, steak sous vide it, so that it was super. You know, hit it with the flamethrower to get that, that crisp. Gave that baby a bath. And I used. Half a loaf of bread. Oh my god! It was like seven slices of cheese, cheese whiz. Keep in mind, onion. He did this about an hour before we were supposed to play D and D. <laughs> so by the time we got here to play, he was, he was out. basically comatose. He was out. He, he, <laughs> so my friend Phil walked through the door, and the bread I had had flour on the top because you, yeah. you got to hit it with that. Yeah. Got to hit it with that flour That's on top. An ingredient. Yeah, of bread. You got a little poof. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like right poof. on the island, right there. Just in my chair with the, the fucking sandwich. It was like this fucking big. <laughs> and my friend Phil walks through the door. And I was like, I am sorry for what you are about to witness. <laughs> and he goes, what? And I was like, mm, and fucking, argh. and he turns the corner. And I look like fucking Al Pacino, <laughs> but just flour and like cheese in my beard. And just like the, you just hear like the bite, the chew. And then, oh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you share? <laughs> no. <laughs> I no. ate the whole fucking thing. 
didn't even last three minutes, dude. Oh, <laughs> dude, that is so funny. You put it. You literally took steak sandwich to the most literal level. Yeah, I wanted to recreate a thing I'm that proud I had. of you. I, I think that's a great story, dude. It was the best. <laughs> it was so good. Rib was it a ribeye? You said. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it was not a skirt. Strip, strip. New York strip. Okay, yeah. okay. So <laughs> I did USDA prime strip because strips are tender. To, Going back to cakes, right? So I was, <laughs> we, we got invited to friends' houses, uh, house for um, St. Patrick's Day parade last weekend, but they canceled the parade. So they're like, we still want to get together. I'm like, yeah, sure. We carved out the night. Let's do yeah. it, you know? Um, I said, what do you guys want us to bring? They're like, you, do you want to get a dessert? Or like, do you want to make a dessert? Do you want to do whatever? I was like, you know what? I have never, one thing I've never done was bake a cake from scratch. Really? Mm-hmm. So I was like, <clears throat> I've learned there's like, you always see those posters like how to turn a box cake into a bakery cake. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't want to use a box cake. What are they talking about with the bakery cake? And I literally did like, I'm, I'm ashamed to say hours of looking into <laughs> what makes a good cake. Because, you know, if you cook daily, you understand the difference between oils, mm-hmm. sa- the difference between salts, fats, acids, everything. Like it's, it's, a, it's, it's chemistry. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, all right, this recipe does this, this recipe does this, this recipe does this, this recipe. four different carrot cake recipes, I was, and I took the best of both worlds. I put a little pineapple in there so that it had a little moisture in the cake. Instead of using oil, I, okay, so it called for a half a cup of vegetable oil. Now, I, I am oh, that's not... That's like brownie not, levels of oil. Well, well yeah, but it's, it was a big cake. It was a three-layer right. cake, so it was, it was a decent recipe. Damn. I'm not a vegetable oil person. Like, I like to be as natural as I can when it comes to oils. Mm-hmm. And contrary to popular belief, vegetable oil is not a very natural thing. Really? No. It takes way too much refinement, and uh, it's just not... I don't know anything about... It, it's too much chemistry to get oil out of a pepper, bro. Like, it's just too much. Gotcha. <laughs> I thought you'd just squeeze it really yeah. hard and take what drips out. So, instead You know of, how many peppers... <laughs> Like, that's what I'm saying, though. The amount it's very of wasteful. It is wasteful, too. The process of, of vegetable, it, it's, it's just wasteful. I'm not a canola oil, but, you know, just like, no, no, no. I'm a big proponent of animal fats. Mm-hmm. I think animal fats are villainized by the big oil companies now, and, and there's so much benefit to using animal fats. You get so much energy from it. People that are on keto rely on it. Mm. And I took I remember the, that grind. the half cup of oil, or whatever, however, whatever denomination of cup the oil was, I did half of that as butter and mm-hmm. the other half of that as pure lard, <laughs> which, which is, I mean, I that's mean, a baking dude, thing. our grandparents yeah. lived on lard and they mm-hmm. lived what be long to what is lard? Lard is just pig fat. Oh, so there's an external pig fat, which is like on the, the outside, like when you cut a steak, the outside fat. Mm. And then there is what's called leaf lard, which is the internal fat. So okay. both have a different flavor prof- profile. Like traditional lard has like a deep, rich flavor. Whereas, uh, leaf lard is more of a, a pure oil taste. So I did pure lard and butter in place of the oil. I added pineapple to the recipe to give it a little bit more moisture. And I baked it for two more minutes than the recipe called for because I prefer a cake with a nice little caramelization on the outside. and mm. A little I, more crisp. I, I busted out the KitchenAid for the first time. I used my <laughs> KitchenAid. Um, I have a super, super old KitchenAid where it still says Hobart on the side. Mm. It's like a, ri- like, you know, shout out KitchenAid nerds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I made the icing from scratch. I found a recipe for the cream cheese icing 
where you literally take butter and melt it in a skillet until it just starts to burn and shut it off, put it in a container, and put it in your freezer. Mm. And it locks in that, like, nutty flavor of burned butter. Huh. So I, wow. I made this cake, right? And I literally was, like, like I, it was like like I was treating it like a child. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, God. oh no, 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 you're okay. You're okay. You know, <laughs> like, trying to ice this thing and get it cooked. It was... I was so happy. Like, the amount of fulfillment and joy I got <laughs> to make it, I almost, like, didn't want to eat it. God, I wish I had I, that making food. So, anytime I try to cook, it's all just cursing and anger. Well, that's okay, because it's, it's, <laughs> it's not your thing. And, and to embrace something that's not your thing is somewhat of an uphill battle. So, you're probably just eating to live, and you're, you know, probably tapped into the, the, the troglodytes of I'm very, past. I'm very lucky. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky that my wife <laughs> likes cooking. I didn't mean that to be mean. No, seriously. I, I straight <laughs> I up go... Dragger, get out of here with your I sandwich. straight up go full on, like, caveman anger. <laughs> you, you know when you're mad and you don't know why and you're still mad and you can't not be mad? <laughs> God just damn it, mon- I'm eating pretzels. It's just monkey brain. Like, it's yeah, just yeah, some yeah. instinctual part of me is like, you're angry now. And the rest of me is like, yeah, all right, I guess that's happening. So what you, what you probably go through is... You probably want to be able to cook better food, but you understand the time that goes into it, and you're more of a necessity-driven person. Here's the problem. Is Whenever that right? I've tried to cook, it's okay. come out amazing. I have no excuse not to cook. I've made stupid mistakes like accidentally boiling water too oh, long and forgetting about it. If the first it. ingredient's confidence, I think you're right there. No. So <laughs> I have decades of family recipes with yeah. very clear written instructions and right, two right. friends who are outstanding cooking and a wife who's outstanding cooking I like with them kind of giving me advice over text or watching what I'm doing it's impossible for me to fuck up left to my own devices don't even get me started that speaks to the chat but D-dubs in the chat said made sausage gravy this morning and didn't call Joe W wow (laughs) proud of you good job buddy so proud but I made I have like my mom's meatball recipe that she's been making my whole life right and I made it one time for Joe and Elena and Allie and it came out fucking phenomenal is there a special I, part of that meatball recipe not to interrupt but super they, I, secret alright no I'll tell you about it later I just cool, don't remember dude, it right sorry, now sorry bro <laughs> it's actually because I can't remember it I have to keep it like all the instructions written on my phone don't say that part when you say I'll tell you later I'll, t- I'll tell <laughs> you say later. it's a secret and leave it at that not I forgot redacted no, it's a super secret I, I know somebody that puts raisins in their meatballs Really? Dude, no, 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 no. Before, Wait, but like regular meatballs or like sauce meatballs? Re- like meatballs. They're salt. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's two different meatballs. But dude, what? Hear me out. You cut the, the raisins provide. So when you cook with raisins, mm-hmm. they reconstitute moisture. Yes. And although, you know, yes, a grape is sweet. A raisin is sweet. It's, it's the perfect tangy sweetness. And I made meatballs with <laughs> raisins in them one time. Mm. Unbelievable, you know. I, you know, it just doesn't sound like it would make sense. My, but my uh, shout out to Betsy. For my me. family secret is soggy bread in the meatballs, mm-hmm. or just soggy bread, milk bread, <laughs> just just soggy you, bread. You have you a specialty. Soak, it's just soak, soaking right now. You soak white bread, <laughs> okay, like loaf white bread yeah. in milk, really, and then tear that up and shove it in the meatballs, and then enjoy the deliciousness that comes. Re- okay, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go down the meatball rabbit hole, which is a sentence I don't think I've ever thought I'd say. That probably adds more of a, like a meatloafy flavor consistency. Sorry about not, that not, noise was. Sorry. Not exactly meatloafy, but it adds moisture to the inside yeah, that's of key. what would be a dry meatball. That's key to meatloaf, meatballs, any kind of meat pate, mm-hmm. any, the, the proper amount of moisture to science. Mm-hmm. 
Plus, you get that little little bit of bread when you're chewing, mm-hmm. and you get that like, oh, oh, that's delicious. It's like everybody's the bread like, soaks up a little bit of the meat fat, yeah. and then the milk goes into the meat. So it's just like a happiness Trust thing me, going dude, on. You do not have to sell me on <laughs> sopping up the grease, bro. You're talking. You're preaching to the choir, son. Um, that's it's so funny because everybody's like, man, every everybody's grandma like they cook the best. They cook the best. Grandmas cook the best. Yeah, because they've had eighty years of trial and error. Yeah, yeah. listen so, to yeah. them. So. The last two weeks, the reason we haven't had a podcast in a couple weeks and we've been live streaming is because my grandma was staying here for a couple weeks. Which I, we should have done an episode. So I asked if she wanted to, but she, she wasn't feeling it. She's 98. Well, at that point, you don't really ask. Say, sit down. We're going to talk. <laughs> so grandma, sit we, in front of the camera right now. Do you want your pudding? <laughs> for, you for the last pudding? two weeks, we've been cooking just food, just Italian food, whatever she wanted. She's like, I'll show Unreal. you how to make this. I'll show you how to make that. You'll cherish and that I'm forever. Like, let me, I'm like, let me um, tell you forever you will cherish that. Yeah, but I'm all, I also gained like nine pounds in like two weeks. It was it was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good reason to do it, though. So I have uh, like a half liter thing of olive oil Okay. that I just filled when my grandma got here. Don't Actually, it was, one, it was one weekend. Is. We filled it. Okay. Uh, two of these cans. <laughs> all right. Filled. Wow. Now uh, that's American uh, in. <laughs> that's American math. <laughs> that is American math. Three freedoms per F twenty two wrapped No, two beer cans. Oh, okay. <laughs> two pounders, idiot. <laughs> but I love how we're both like, yeah, okay, that makes yeah, that's sense. It. All right. Oh shit. So it was two days. I filled it. I went to work. Yeah. I came home from work. It was empty. I was like, what did we eat? Where is it? <laughs> my grandma? My wife goes. We made. Two vegetable meals. Was, like, was it oil? And it's gone. Gone. Use the whole, whole damn thing. See, like, that's, like, I know last episode we touched on it, but, like, literally the whole entire reason I'm in, like, to food the level I am is for cooking with my grandfather. Like, mm-hmm. that is exactly why I keep doing what I'm doing. That is exactly why I got into what I'm doing. You'll cherish his memories forever. I love it. So I got my grandma uh, a house full while she was here. So a, a house? House phone, oh. like a like a like a landline. <laughs> you so live over there. Use, I got you a house, so she didn't have to use my cell phone. So I got her a landline, and I was like, "Wow, I feel like I'm fucking old now." That's pretty cool. And uh, I got uh, mail today in my mailbox. It was like, uh, "Do you need to go over your will?" And I'm like, "Wow, they didn't sell that information." Jesus. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, all right, that, oh. that checks out." The old people are probably the only people buying landlines now. That's that's like but, a, that's part of the evolution of grandparents being in your life. You have that discussion. It's like shit. Yeah. You really got to talk about that. So um, I give her the phone. She's doing her thing. And then she's calling her friends. She's calling my her sister, her, you know, aunts and whatever. And uh, she was like, how are they doing? How are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, it's so good. Joe's so good at cooking. All of his food's delicious. And I'm in the background just like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, wow. Dude, <laughs> a compliment from a 90-year-old grandmother that's Italian to say that her grandson's food is good. That's, I was like, that's it. I made it. on top of the mountain that day, dude. <laughs> yeah. My like, wife was like, great. Your fucking ego is just like. <laughs> you'll be looking uphill at that moment for the rest of your life, brother. <laughs> that's awesome. So. Um, so to wrap up the Boston hot sauce thing, I wanted to ask you guys on your podcast here. Mm-hmm. So what they've done to bring it full circle mm-hmm. back to the, the, so we don't get too far away from it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be uh, judging the Boston hot sauce festival. And the way that that's going to go down is we're going to do like almost like a blind test where they, each company submits their um, entries to um, the person running the hot sauce festival is, you know, John from white house station. Mm-hmm. And 
he is going to have me and um, one other gentleman um, testing all of the hot sauces blindly. We thought, let's do it live. Mm -hmm. Let's do it through video. Would you like to see if your tabletop guys would like to host that blind taste test? That would be incredible. And we would be able to capture our genuine reactions, our genuine feelings about each hot sauce. So, you know, down the road, we can, you know, submit that to the different companies and stuff like that. So we came up with a couple of awards. Um, The best green sauce is, uh, I I thought it would be cool to call it the Green Monster because, Mm. you know, Boston, Boston, the park. And um, because usually with with these hot sauce festivals, you got first, second place, runner up. Like, all right, cool. (laughs) I'm in T ball again. Uh, <laughs> are we handing out trophies so, that are three inches tall? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're peppers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got ice cream! Like nowadays, it's everybody. Do you get ice cream? Yeah, yeah, I got ice cream. Did you win? No, we lost by a hundred points. But anyway, um, so the other award I thought of was the uh, best hot sauce that you could see on a hot dog. Mm. because I remember last time I was here, one of you guys had said, I can't remember if it was you or you. If it was a hot dog comment, it was, it was likely Joe. Probably. You said you before you die, and we can make this happen too. I want to mm. do this. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do this because I went back and re-listened to the episode to kind of prepare myself for the, the way that the conversation flows, just in preparation for doing tonight. And you said you want to take a a you know, traditional, <laughs> traditional dirty water dog. <laughs> the way that a dirty water dog is cooked. Right. Take it out of the dirty water and then grill that hot dog. Yes. That inspired me to think of a hot sauce for, uh, that would go best with a hot dog. So we're going to call it the, the Fenway Fire Award. And <laughs> nice. We're going to make a little hot dog, tro- you know, whatever the, the trophy, the design is. But um, the other one is the, the Wicked Pisso Award. Um, which John <laughs> thought of and came up with, and I have... The yes. Bruins are from Boston too, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You could do another one All right. for the like the most intense heat hot sauce okay. and call it Bruin My Asshole. That would be great to have on a trophy. <laughs> um, it's just a chocolate starfish. <laughs> That's the trophy. That's it. <laughs> it's I'll, just an actual starfish. I'll run it by corporate and see how that <laughs> It's a good one. That could be the dumbest why thing I've ever suggested. Why don't we? Why don't I? Uh, why don't I reach out to the powers of BNC? That could be an award that you guys could give. Me. <laughs> um, hey, listen, I got a laser cutter. I'll put that shit on a plaque. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Spoken like a true warrior. I'll put that shit on a plaque. We have been uninvited to we the have... Boston Festival. <laughs> oh, this this just in. That's yeah. <laughs> and my choice for best in show is going to get the sizzling skillet award. It's going to be a gold plated skillet trophy that I'm making to wow. give to what I think is the best hot sauce in show, regardless of classification of sauce, whether it's a green sauce or a Fenway, fi- whatever I think is the best hot sauce, they will get that award and they'll win a nice, nice I'm going to give them a nice skillet to cook with mm. plus the, the trophy. So that's so cool. I, I'm just glad that you guys are going to be able to come. And I'm, I, I think it was really cool when you guys messaged me and said, Hey, we got the Airbnb. I was like, yeah, son of a bitch, you're going to have a good time here. Whatever, whatever way we do things. And this is all new to me as well. Like to be, you know, welcomed on as the judge of this thing and, and to, uh, you know, we're going to be shooting podcast iron there. My, my podcast with, with mm-hmm. my brother, um, <clears throat> it's more, more of a, hot, uh, a, 
a cast iron history show, but you know, we are very glad to talk about anything food. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it's all communal. We can get together. We can make everything great and cohesive or co- cohesive. It ended up being, uh, hilarious the way it all worked out because you're like oh i'm uh i'm going to a thing uh, it's a it's a festival i was like oh man we should totally go to that it'd be really cool like we'll book a room and then i look on the website and i was like scroll 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 oh he's judging that makes so much more sense <laughs> i mean i, I still want to go i didn't know that when well, i said i know it. you guys like hot sauce you guys enjoyed that dude i've done hot sauce things with with a lot of people like you know podcasts of years past we did hot sauce things and I've brought I used to make these these super hot jams that people love to have and I would give them the all different podcasts but when I brought those those hot sauces for you guys to try on Fritos because me and Bob couldn't find tortilla <laughs> chips. It was like a I, tortilla shortage. I genuinely that should be one of the fucking trophies. Tortilla shortage. The 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 Frito, the golden Frito, the golden, golden Frito. Frito. Oh, I'd have to make a big paper mache Frito. Dito and Chaco's woo tabletop taste. There you oh, go. Yeah, but I just felt this genuine like like joy from you guys when we were tasting these hot sauces and you were you were touching on notes of like. You know, stuff that you, you just you have very well-seasoned palates. So I was like, these guys, I would like you guys to come. So I'm very happy that you guys are deciding to come. And I'm... I'm, uh, I'm definitely. I was very happy you told us about yeah, it. Yeah, before we even knew you were going, I was like, yeah, we should definitely go. And everyone's like, yeah, we should go. They were like, you, you want to go to Boston on the, the 29th and 30th for a hot sauce festival? And I was like, I, I'm ready to get a B there. What? <laughs> yeah, that worked out perfectly with you, by the way. <laughs> work trip I get in on the 30th, I was like, <laughs> fucking clairvoyant ass train yeah, yeah, right. up. Dude. I'll be there already, guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that kind of just ended up working out. And then I noticed you were a judge, and I was like, oh, well, yeah, I still really want to go, but now I want to yeah. go more. And it's awesome <laughs> you guys are going up Friday because I'm going to try and coordinate with one of the local breweries. There's a brewery there called Trillium in Boston. Mm. One of my favorite breweries. Like, I've tried so hard over the years to trade for beer from them because they had such <laughs> limited releases. I'm a very big porter and stout fan mm. and they had peanut butter and you know chocolate porter like just I feel like I've heard of them tiramisu but that's, level that's like, my love wow. love hate. I love peanut butter stuff and so I always try the porters yeah. and stouts but I hate stouts. So I'm always like yes peanut butter uh, this is the one and then I try it and I'm like it's not the one I don't know what the difference is. I, I think it's funny because people... Porters are like the heavy coffee beers. Like the the, the, the really, really dark beers are porters. Oh, yeah, I definitely very, don't like those. Very heavy beer. Very uh, very chunky beer. But it's I, good. Speaking good of beer I like... Chunky is not... I gotta hand it to you. This... I did actually enjoy that. I brought that here. Yes, it's a St. Patrick's Day beer. Yes, St. Patrick's Day is this weekend. But I saw that beer and I said, this, this bitch is gonna like this one. This is the one. It doesn't give me the overwhelming hoppy taste. That you know what I think the key is with this beer, why it actually works? It's because it's not super... Oh, it's, it's not crazy alcohol level. Mm. It's like a six six and a half percent or something, whatever it says, 6.6 or yeah. whatever. That's not too much. And yeah, sometimes when these beers go over, you know, head over heels with the amount of alcohol that's in it, it kind of overpowers mm-hmm. a lot of the subtle notes and that you, you get can that, get like, from that like yeah, kind yeah, of taste mouth with it. Feel. Yeah. yeah, we talked where about that want, last time. Where you want water while you're drinking in between beers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got some other stuff here. Um, let's see what else I got. 
I would say you bought a goodie bag, but you bought more of a goodie box. Yeah, a goodie I did. box. <laughs> I brought a habanero pineapple beer I want you guys to try. Because of this okay. spicy... Yeah. Like, Hot a, sauce yeah, things make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I brought you guys some stickers. Got some cool stickers made. Ooh, Just wanted you guys to have yes. them. I took the Black Flag logo. Stickers. Made, made cast iron. Nice. And then... Uh, I fucking this, love that. This is... Uh, <laughs> Come forever. Soap does not belong on cast iron. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a straightforward message. That that checks um, out. I'll put it uh down. yes. I'll put it right next to my kitchen uh <laughs> right under the window. So I had <laughs> oh maybe my wife finally put it away. I, I um acquired uh one of the Employees must wash hands. I love that. And I had it just yes. in front of my sink. I remember that from last time I was here. It was right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have, I, we have a friend it. who shall remain nameless that sometimes just walks in and goes, I got this for you and throws down something he clearly should not have. <laughs> Typically, like those employees must I wash hands. Yes, yeah. I was out for my birthday. We're finally leaving the birthday. And he goes, hey, I got this for you. Open up your car. And I was like, what? <laughs> Open up your car. <laughs> a friend of mine did that with a parking meter. <laughs> What? It was on the ground. <laughs> Everybody be quiet. Tell the story. So, sorry. <laughs> we, we just got out of college, and it was uh, it was a couple friends were walking through. <clears throat> got out. Three o'clock. <laughs> uh, graduated? Yes. Okay, there yeah. we go. That's, yeah. that's a better word. Post-college, a uh, mm-hmm. couple friends walking through a town that has a lot of parking meters, mm. and there was one just laying on the ground. Just uh, laying that's, there. That's fair We're talking like there was a brand new one in its place, and it was just laying down. I guess they're removing them and replacing them. You know, some city worker looked at his work order and it says, "Well, that says to install a new parking meter. It doesn't say I have to, to remove up. the old one." You are so spot on with that. That is because <laughs> that is the other guy's job. Funny yeah. enough, in in complete <laughs> parallel of that story, when we went to the Philadelphia Flower Show over the weekend. There was a fire hydrant in, in downtown Philly. I'm talking where the where the convention center is. There was a fire hydrant laying on the ground with a new fire hydrant put where the old one was. Did it have and like I the 15 thought, feet of tube under it? No, oh. it literally went on the main. Like it ju- they just like unbolted it and capped it back on the main right there. Hmm. And I was thinking to myself, Jesus Christ! Not only is the main water source off right now, you could tell that it's not pressurized because it's not bolted up. Because the <laughs> new one's sitting there, and then the old one's laying on the ground. So if there's a fire in the fucking plant center, um, <laughs> well, I I thought in my head that was somebody that was not given clear instructions, or they just don't care. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the latter, but that's okay. Someone yeah. will remove this fire. It's the same thing. <laughs> but uh, a couple of friends walking through undisclosed town, and it was just laying on the ground. So we go and do our thing. We come back. It was still on the ground. And he took it. Took it up. Took the long way back to the car. It's now in my buddy's living room. So Unreal. Are we talking like, like the five and a half foot? Oh, yep. 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 Straight up. Yes, it is. Parking <laughs> me at God, well, don't throw it at me. <laughs> throw Here's everything. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> That's awesome. So it is now, and apparently there are coins in it. They should use it for beers. So well, I was just, just going to say, does <laughs> any, like, do, jingles. Do you have it? Uh, my buddy has it. Did he, did he, please, and if he does not, I'm going to smack him with it. Did he use a hole digger to put a hole in his front yard for when people come by and you're like, yo, you fucking paying for parking or are you shit going to get towed? So he lives in a condo right now. <laughs> That's even better. I like that Joe said hole digger. <laughs> you mean a shovel, son? Or you no. mean a post hole digger? What are we t- post hole uh, digger. All right, all right. 
a hole digger. A hole digger. Well, long <laughs> aren't we all just hole diggers? Yeah. Dude, we are really just shoveling away here, aren't we? <laughs> so alongside with your, your stickers, I wanted to give you guys each. I got some custom pot holders ma- made, and I brought Ooh. in... Um, is that Felix the Cat? Odd amount of them. No, it is not Felix the Cat. <laughs> got it. It's, it's cat, the cast it's, iron. It's cat iron cat. <laughs> Yo, cat, cat iron, iron cat. Dude, oh my gosh, Bob. So I got season or die. You guys can use yes. which ones you want. <laughs> and we got no time, no time for soapy skillets. Oh, that's fantastic. I so love that. I'm on a heavy, heavy push right now for uh, the argument of using soap on cast iron. And um, I well, think isn't I'm it being, like real bad? Well, it's not. It, it, it's based on the conversation we had last time. Understanding that cast iron is porous, it'll take molecular stuff in the pores. Blah blah blah. My my whole uh, standpoint is that it it wastes water. So when you heat something up over 163, 165 degrees, you kill all pathogens, all germs, mm-hmm. all viruses. So if you heat your skillet up after you're done wiping it out, you don't need to use five to seven gallons of water every time you use also the makes skillet. Sense. So because I'm very like my, my family's all, you know, farming background and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like Tennessee Great Depression on my mom's side, like. Water conservation is huge for me. Mm. I find it to be incredibly important whether you're not whether you're getting it from the ground in a well or you're getting it from your city. Blah blah. blah. The average person uses five to seven gallons of water every time they clean a skillet with soap unnecessarily. Mm. So if you heat it up, you can save water. It's fifteen hundred to two thousand gallons a year per person. Times that by just your street. Then you also not have to reseason it. I don't exactly. Think, absolutely. I don't think people realize just how quick society would break down if water companies stopped pumping. Not even that. If every single person decided to waste an extra gallon or two per day per household, what that could actually do to the quote unquote, uh, for lack of a better term, the grid of water. Yeah. Yeah. It would Mm be, you think about like your average above ground pool Mm -hmm. is like 10 to 15,000 gallons. Yep. That's like, just your street if they fuck around and, and wash stuff unnecessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my standpoint on soap is not a right or wrong because if it's good for you and you want to do it, I'm not here to tell you not to, mm. but I am here to tell you that it is wasteful. Whether or not you take it to heart and implement that into your daily life, it's fine. But. I always thought it was not from the water aspect, but from the oil and seasoning aspect. Well, there's if also I wash a, my pan a with dumb soap. element to it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I washed it. Great. Now I need to get to heat it up, put it in the oven, use a pint of oil again, right. wipe it down, heat it up again. And you have to do that if you use soap. Right. <laughs> you know what I do when I make a, I make bacon in my bacon in my skillet? I hit it with steel wool and wipe it out, put it on the stove until it smokes, shut it off, and go watch football. I don't even like I don't even do that with mine. I got it I got it smooth enough that I just yeah, just wipe it I, out. I hit it with hot water. Yeah. Just yep. steams up, wipe it down, yep. to go. Now imagine if you had a hot soapy mess, how much water you'd have to use to get it to, right. to have no soap on it. That's where I'm coming from. So yeah. yeah. Working on an article where wherever we're gonna shop that, we'll we'll get to that down the road. But anyway, you guys have some potholders or canvas, take a lot of heat, no time Fantastic. for soapy skillets, and we got season or die. Love so that. You guys can <laughs> love that. I gave an even amount so you guys can make it off awkward. Like there's only one skull one. <laughs> Who's gonna get it? Oh. So, that's that. Um, the other thing I brought, uh, was an IPA and we're going to do infinity cups. If you want, you want to, are you ready for an IPA or what do you, what do you think? What's an infinity cup? An infinity cup is you don't wash a cup out. You just yeah. keep drinking beer. Ah, gotcha. Are we doing the pineapple? Yeah. Is that the IPA? That, I'd actually like you, you guys to try this one. Sure. All right. And Bob, yeah. you, you three can, well, if Bob, 
Bob has to oh, kill yeah. his. Sorry, let me kill mine. Because <laughs> I, I just brought a regular generic IPA just to sip on while just you guys are going generic. at that. I yeah. smelled that Ooh. immediately. Yeah. Dude. Like, this is you didn't even finish popping the cap and I smelled that. <laughs> unbelievably underrated flavor profile. Habanero and pineapple. I, uh, <clears throat> as a kid, never really got into pineapple. As a kid, I never really liked pineapple beer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, weird. This but, is Aslan, by the way. This is not a run-of-the-mill IPA. It's a very good IPA, but I wanted you guys to sip and share that. So, so it's weird now because it smells like pineapple and delicious. There's green, but then also minty. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get it. Just so have I'm, gonna, it. I'm gonna stir in the mint. Don't, don't simulate that. No, I'm shit. doing it. I'm stirring go. it in. I do not like this. All right, it's it. This goes back to just tasting like beer to me. Like. That's way smoother than normal beer. It's dude, it's way smoother than normal beer. I'm not feeling the habanero. That's Icarus. That is in a little after that. Those suckers will make some. Those guys make some good beer. Icarus does. That is very good beer. Icarus makes some of the best beer I've ever had. Very for an IPA. Bob's figuring it out. Those aren't. Those aren't usually my favorite. I just instead of the aftertaste, I think I was supposed to get just got (laughs) vanilla. (laughs) Sounds weird. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> but the spiciness isn't like crazy. And I don't it's, even taste it's it. It's just there a little bit. There it is. It's very at the end. I got nothing. Yep. Really? I, ha- I, nothing. I have it now. It's very subtle, though. Like, once you let that IPA, like, you know the IPA dryness, yeah. for lack yeah, of a better yeah, phrase? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The habanero's in that. I get a very fruit-forward taste. Like, the first thing I taught, like, when it touched my tongue, yeah. I got the, the, uh, the, 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 the pineapple. Now imagine if you were cooking, like say, like I'm a I'm a big fan of sweet salsas. Like I like mm-hmm. the sweet, salty salsa thing. Mm-hmm. I would mango do like salsa. mango, pineapple, and a little bit of like green onions soaked in this stuff like overnight mm. and then make my salsa after. That would be delicious. Here we go. What? I got a, I got a thing here. You can call your grandma. No, no, no. My grandma doesn't <laughs> like spicy. Oh, I'm I'm it's like very, very, very subtle with the heat. Um this would be fantastic for a beer cheese dip. Hot damn. <laughs> Man, when you get something, you get it, boy. Because uh, <laughs> you wow. get a little bit of that pineapple, but you get that little bit of... Uh, I'm almost pissed I brought this here. That was my last one. I could have made some good beer cheese. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, I, I don't regret. Damn. No, no regrets. Seal that container. <laughs> I got something to cook later. <laughs> That's a good idea. I love, dude. There's like still in, there's still a little bit in here. Dip. It's it's very is, easy. You got you can you can do a little bit, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit, a little bit. You know, um, no, that's good. I I just I I was so <laughs> challenged by you saying, man, I never had beer I liked. Well, well, game on, son. We got you. <laughs> you got you got me on that one. The shamrock Lost shake. me on this one. All right. Well, you could still drink it. And, I'm gonna. Well, if you, <laughs> I don't want to waste it. If you don't finish your dinner, you have it for breakfast. That's oh, the rule man. in this house. I've done that before with whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. I mean, well, hair do you, the dog, do you, you know? do an infinity? So you understand the concept of infinity? Do you do an infinity bottle with your whiskey? Do you know what that is? Like where they take like you have one empty whatever empty vessel you have. Yeah, I I, I never got behind that. Um, uh, I, not with whiskey. Okay, but that's because I don't drink whiskey uh, that often. Or at bourbon. All. I mean, so I, I thought think I'm going to bring I Eagle Rare to the about doing it. Festival, by the way, you're a bourbon guy. I'm going to bring a bottle. Of Eagle I'm Rare, usually not. Um, so, oh, that thing starts to dim around nine and then it'll turn off at 10. All right. Just making sure you're not blowing the grid out. No, no, no. We're, we're good. For those watching and listening, the, uh, lights on the 
the herb garden dimmed. Yeah, we just took a hit there, boys. We're <laughs> all right. That's my my facilities uh, eye from working in data centers for so long. Yeah. Anytime the lights blink, I'm like, are the gens running? We lost <laughs> 0.5 lumens. <laughs> Sorry. I always but, do that, and I'm like, are we off the air? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know, I, I had the unfortunate circumstance, one of the data centers I worked at was directly under a flight path for Newark Airport. Mm. So... The lights wouldn't go out, but an airplane would fly in between the sun and us. Right. And you'd watch every guy in the data center go, oh, oh, the lights are still on. <laughs> See, I like how we're all different. You think the radio's out. You think a generator works. And then I'm just like, no, I don't hear any UPS beeps. We're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we hear the UPS beeps for like five seconds, and then we hear, yup. <laughs> Uh, we have a very much smaller version of that in our building. And yesterday we heard bang, clang, <laughs> clang, clang, clang. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? You, you we guys? had a uh, two meg generator blow a piston rod through the, the block. It was oh. intense. It's about two cans. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> legit. This, uh, one, one liter piston rod. <laughs> a piston rod the size of my forearm came out of the side of that generator. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen I've seen cars at the races, like uh, uh, mod, dirt modified spa throw a, a rod at the races and it's like unbelievable amount of force mm. like see a hole blown through an engine block you're like oh god it's like <laughs> how did oh unbelievable oh my so you're gonna finish the race <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> i'll just show you the picture now so you can get the context of uh look at the guy's fingers on the right side to get the size of that piston rod oh my god <laughs> <laughs> no one died no no it, they're in hashtag that's what she said sound insulated enclosures <laughs> Uh, like they're in there typically to take load yeah, readings. And that is but bent like hashtag. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. to the left, oh, dude. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a bad hat. It's all bent all the way to the left, and that's brand new. Someone clipped that. Saw that like three months ago. <laughs> that that is definitely what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that whole that whole that's conversation. Joe, we got to stop. Well, there we go. <laughs> you keep uh, going. Me and Bobby just like cut. <laughs> that one and that one. Definitely that one. Clip. <laughs> well. Mission oh accomplished. <laughs> Mission accomplished. This um, is getting a little bit spicier as I'm drinking it. it up go. front, I had nothing. Right. It's, uh, it's but now I'm starting to taste it. It's, it's yeah. a. It's a cult. It's, a it's still really smooth though. It's good. It's dude. It's Icarus. They're the best. Yeah. Look at one of those, the best breweries. Sorry. Looking at those potholders. Whoever embroidered those for you did a really good job. Those look sick as hell. Dude. <laughs> fashionably twisted. <laughs> it, dude. This. I think that's yeah. Yeah. She. I literally said. Here's my idea. I'm not, I don't know embroidery terms. I don't know fonts. Like, I know Times New Roman and mm -hmm. whatever the other one is. Ah, um, <laughs> uh, yes, whatever the other one is. Great yeah. font. And Aerial. She, so she's, she has a building set up. <laughs> Comic at Sans. The New Egypt Flea Market. Okay. And I said, hey, you want to try and, you know, make some of these potholders for me? And I, she's like, yeah, send me a couple designs. I sent her three designs. I was like, yeah, whatever one you think's easy. She's like, I can do all three. I'm like, all right, let me get a sample of each one. And she made it. I was like, this is really tight. Like, this is really well done. Like, it's nice. Like, it. the, the, the thing I wanted to focus on was Felix being like, not here, bitch. Like, you know what I mean? No, hey, so hey it's, it's cat iron it's cast. cast. Yeah, yeah. I've, it's Felix. I've got a <laughs> decent idea for you if you wanted to also incorporate that. You should do an oven mitt with a big middle finger, all like foam finger sticking out of it, and then just have it down the middle Embroider finger. Embroider the middle yeah. finger on No the soap on cast iron. Oh, dude. <laughs> Death before the dishwasher, bro. That's <laughs> Hell yeah, that one's even cooler. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, see, I'm like, you, you're, 
when when you when you have a, a, a platform this like I have a, 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 the Instagram to sell these things, like my gears are always turning. What's the next product? What's mm-hmm. the next thing? Like I always have to try to get one step ahead of myself because mm-hmm. if you let yourself just Coast. drift off, yeah, you'll you'll fall behind. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm always at a standpoint where I could say that's a good idea, but let's let's uh, let's think about this for another day, and then all of a sudden be like, bitch, I got a better one. Yeah, and that's it's like outsmarting yourself. Yeah, and this is why I love doing collaborations with other people who have other things. Right. Like mm-hmm. we started this podcast to share not only our hobbies but other hobbies that other people have. Right. And when we collaborate mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. it could just be one quick sentence and boom, like Bronson just came up with the uh it, with, with the, 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 the middle finger the oven middle mitts. finger oven mitts. Yeah, yeah. Joe with the beer cheese. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just things that like that just hit. Yeah. And this is what we created this podcast for. Like just to learn about other people's hobbies, right. share ideas and just kind of work together and, and have that togetherness. Well, you never know the, the, the main thing I've learned, like through doing this, this business on Instagram, which is, is a weird place to do business in and of itself. You never know where you're going to get your next idea. Like, so to, you know, you, you have no idea what that person's going to bring to the podcast. Mm-hmm. They could say something, one thing, and it just spurs a whole idea. You write yeah. it down, you forget what that means, and then it makes a whole new, th- you know what I mean? Um, but to give a proper plug to the uh, to the woman who made those for me, uh, Instagram is fashionably twisted. Uh, Robin Friedman, she is at Building 43 of the New Egypt Flea Market Village. Hell yeah. Awesome. So, she did a good job. <clears throat> Gave me a deep, like... It's really cool to do business with people that understand that you need to make money on things mm-hmm. because then they kind of figure out a wholesale number for you that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So many people try to maximize their profit mm. and that's a really good way to lose a client. Yeah. Like people don't understand now, like with what I'm doing with the, with the cast iron, with the, the, I don't know if you guys saw, but I'm like venturing into the restoration of these Japanese knives and stuff like that. Oh, I saw, and I want to talk to you about those. Uh, well, we okay, we can we can dance, buddy. Um, <laughs> people, people that understand, so th- that understand making money in volume is better than trying to maximize your profit on one item, and then that person's going to search elsewhere for a better price. Mm-hmm. I would rather I, I tell all of my pickers, all the people that pick for me, I would rather make twenty dollars, you know, twenty five times mm-hmm. than try to make five hundred once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that makes sense. And consistently keep that $20 coming in from wherever, whatever sources they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So for her to say, well, I could do it for this much, but if you buy 100 of them, I could do it for this much, and then you'll be able to, you know, at least make some money back. And right. I do oh, a lot, yeah. like if I have a customer that does a, a decent order, like if they buy two or three skillets from me, I'll throw them a, you know, a, a, a pot holder, I'll give them some stickers, I give them a steel wool or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I try to make it, you know, worth their while to... Right. Buy more yeah. than one thing for me. Keep them as a customer. Give them some love. So people that understand that element of business are always people worth keeping right here because they're going to understand what you're trying to do. Right. So she's not, well, I need, uh, this is my price. That's my price no matter if you buy 10 or if you buy 50. All right, well, I'm not going to do business with you then. Right. So I've just, it's, it's really cool to surround yourself with people that understand you need to have meat on the bones, mm-hmm. whether it's people picking or, or creating products for you and, you know, whatever else the universe throws at you. There's a, um, <clears throat> there's an analogy I have to that. When I was in college, I used to fix iPhones. Mm. And the guy I worked for, Jordan, opened up a bunch of stands that fix iPhones. 
And over time, he ended up closing the stands and becoming a, like a parts distributor because really? he found that that so many other people do that. He was making more money selling the parts that he got in to resell out of like factories right. to all these companies that do that end of the business essentially for him. He got out in front of himself pretty much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. It, that, is a, that is the evolution of business. Oh, yeah. And it's such a smart move. Unbelievable to, good. To break into distribution for really anything because you're only one person you can only do so much work if you don't have the capacity to go places and sell things in person but you have the capacity to distribute or make a wide volume yes if you can't stretch yourself that thin you're you're kind of in your own way yeah why not let somebody else do the sales end for you that's a whole other job right companies have sales departments dedicated to that isolated from their manufacturing departments because it's a whole separate skill set if someone can sell better than you Sell to them to sell to other people. Dude, okay. You're, you, that is exactly where I kind of <laughs> wanted to go tonight. I just liquidated almost 300 pe- pieces of vintage glassware. You guys familiar with like vintage Pyrex, Corningware kind of mm-hmm. thing? I knew that it has value. I know that I can get it cheap enough. But do I want to start a whole business venture of flipping glassware? No. But I know there is somebody out there that would create the time to be good at it. So mm-hmm. I could supply them a wholesale number to then start their business. Right. So that's, well, that just happened last week. Somebody, you know, came down, met me in Flemington, in the parking lot of a Walmart, bought my <laughs> whole entire line of glassware and cornerware. And rather than me selling the product, I knew that somebody that wanted to devote their time to glassware <clears throat> would be able, so I sold to them. That is exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Mm. And that's, like the, the Japanese knives. What I, I, I just got this DM one day on Instagram. The guy was like, hey, I got a, uh, I'm in, he was in Japan, so I got the DM in the mm. middle of the night. Um, <laughs> I woke up to the DM. He said, hey, I do a lot of um, knife and equipment and restaurant um, machine and equipment sales. And people in Japan, I guess, don't use a knife more than a year, I guess. I gathered from what he's, mm. he, he was translated kind of broken-ish. Like is, it was is it similar to um, like the American way where once it gets dull, they don't realize they could like sharpen it better, so they no, just stop using it? I think it's, I think it's more like a traditional thought process. Mm. That's what I've gathered from what he was saying. But basically, he deals with brokering new equipment to kitchens, so he gets all the bulk mm. uh, old stock. And... He's like, it seems like, you know, this might be good for your customers. I was like, yeah, I'll try it out. You know, send me whatever different kinds. And there's different, I'm learning all the different kinds of Japanese knives, which they all have special names. And I see you guys correcting me. I see you. (laughs) I know what you're saying, but I don't, I, I, if it's a, if it's a, you know, a square blade knife, I'm just going to call it that until I learn the right term. I don't need (laughs) you to teach me. Um, It's called a Nikiri. Uh, I think, or Nikiri, whatever. <laughs> um, so he's like, yeah, let me wholesale you out a couple knives and, and uh, see if you can work your magic on restoring them. And I bought this old belt sander. I bought this black and decker uh, belt sander from this from the 70s. And you actually like hook a drill to it. And mm. it's got this, oh. you, 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 you I saw that. I saw that Did you reel. see that I video? saw that one, yeah. That was, it, very often, not very often do I make a reel and, and turn around and say, that was 
very fulfilling. Like I got a lot out of that. That old, 30 seconds meant something. To mm -hmm. me. Old tools are such a wild thing to get into because there was a turning point where they used to build things because they were like, if you buy this, you will never need to buy anything else forever. Now and shit's then, made to mm -hmm. be replaced. Oh yeah. Why you, is it that a company cannot make tools to last 50 years and understand oh, the Because it doesn't behoove that. them um, to do so. You guys should see the equipment my dad uses. My dad owns a shoe repair business. He's the only one in downtown Trenton. He's probably one of the only people in New Jersey, Bob. Pretty much. He, the equipment he has is almost as old, if not older than him. Unreal. <laughs> and wow. he's still using all the equipment, all of his machines. He has the old machine that he, uh, that he replaced in mm. his basement. He's got, you know... A million and a half stitchers. We like, had this conversation. It looks like a torture chamber walking <laughs> into this place. Dude, now imagine somebody comes in with a TikTok yeah. and just films his dad doing all of the, 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 an, the antiquated yeah. this cobbler This is how you method. replace heels. Dude, that, that, there's so much value in that. Like what I do at my, my day job, I'm a machinist at my day job. The guy that did what I was doing was like, like 75 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, just to follow that guy around. Like, I used to look at him like a puppy. Like, oh, my gosh, is that... Oh, are you machine in the face on that? Today? Oh, my gosh, are you doing the OD on that? Like, I was just so excited to see that. Oh, yeah. You don't know who you're going to inspire. Your dad should really oh, yeah. hop on getting a TikTok. Watching my dad do that was so cool as a kid. Dude. He has this machine called the Nibbler. <laughs> you told me about this. Tell them. Yes. It's So, when you put heels on a shoe, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Women's heels are a little bit different. It's always bigger than the actual heel. That's what she said. So you have, so you have to, you have to, you know, loosen the rubber around the heel. That is also what she said. Um, so it comes make to this sure machine. Your right size. It's literally just a, a blade about don't, the don't size of your like finger. That. Well, that's what it does. It literally <laughs> no, just it's goes. Cool. This is wiggles hell. Oh, so it's like a tiny stapler. It's a tiny guillotine. Oh. It's chopping the and leather chops off to the size. leather off into little nubs. And you go around the sh the the heel, ah. so it gives you like a, a rough outline of it. You take that over to a sander, and it sands it all down perfectly. My dad will then go in. He'll brush. He'll, he'll uh, like polish both the heel of the shoe and the leather. It's or the rubber itself, and makes it nice and smooth. Hmm. It is the most satisfying machine ever, and that's one of the machines that I'm like, like I actually know how to use. Hmm. Like he's got another another like stitching machine that you know you literally put the shoe on and it goes through the inside of the shoe and like needles up through it and you know we'll put the 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 heel down like that like so if you look at any dress mm -hmm. shoes that you own and you see like the actual lacing underneath the cobbler's that's nibbler? what it is cobbler hmm. nibbler yeah that's cool okay <laughs> sounds like a no, monster I wanna, who I wanna, eats cobblers right <laughs> I think that mm, cherry that is a <laughs> That is a content gold mine. Oh, yeah. Because there's such a lack of people that would know how to do that stuff. Right. Or at least well. well yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah anybody yeah. can do it, and they'll be like, ooh, look at this TikTok. My <laughs> dad has had so many people, oh, yeah, I saw how to do it on TikTok, so I want you to do it this way. And my dad's like, no, that, <laughs> that's not how you do it. With, with the position your dad's in, your customer is just to tell you what outcome they want and how he does it. Is how he does it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's how this shit works. Yeah, that mm -hmm. that's not how this one customer 
uh, wanted to do it. Oh, yeah, I get mm. it, dude. People and tell me how they want me to restore the cast iron. Oh, I'm yeah. like, well, unfortunately, this is not a fucking buffet, dude. Yeah. I'm not a jukebox. <laughs> yeah, this isn't Burger King. You don't have it your way. Yeah, you don't That's tell me That's something I, I want to restore. Yeah, a, a jukebox. jukebox? That would be cool. They're expensive. Mm. Well, the one I want to restore is expensive. All right, what would, your, what, would your, what would the songs be? What would your first top 10 songs on your jukebox be? Oh, it wouldn't be for me. My my parents have always wanted a jukebox, like one of the oldies. Uh-huh. The no, like his parents all your ninety five year old grandmother. Yeah, yeah. So this one's good, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they are looking for like a, a an eighteen somethings record player because really? they have old wax records. I have that I don't have work one. cool. So yeah, they're looking for the one with the giant horn and and the whole nine. I have. You mean that <laughs> one? Yeah. That one. Yeah, that one. I got one. Um, <laughs> I found, actually found it at a thrift store once, and I actually blew, like, my whole weekly budget on it <laughs> without doing any research, like, before, like, Wi-Fi. And, yeah. like, I can't use cellular data. My bill will go up. My dad will get mad. Like, before, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, back in oh, those yeah. days, yeah. I just, there were so many times where I saw something. I'm like, oh, shit. I wish I was home to Google this on the family PC. Um, <laughs> Mom, get off the phone. I'm just going to take, yeah. <laughs> Um, so i just would go on a whim and buy something if i thought it was you know it was was a gamble Mm -hmm. and one of the things i bought speaking of record players was the first record player where you could stack more than one for the the auto and it has a little arm (laughs) sounds like the door in the adams family (laughs) and the mechanisms are so like it so there, I learned because I was Chicago Webster. I got, is I got really big me. into records uh, recently, mm. um, and I was like looking at the old ones because my dad has an old one. It's in my basement, mm-hmm. but it's the drive is all fucked up, so right. it, it doesn't spin at the right speed. So it's like you'll be listening, and it's just like I'm like that's yeah. demonic. Yeah. I love it, <laughs> but I can't I can't listen to this. So is the motor bad or the belt bad? I think it's the motor because it's okay. a direct drive if the, from I learned, the 70s. What I learned about old record players, if the belts aren't super tight. So the belt, they, is, the belt is fine. Okay. Unfortunately, All I right. did look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the motor's just okay. shot. It's from the 70s. So I ended up buying that one, yep. uh, and it's automatic because I'm lazy. Right. And uh, I was looking for a while. I was like, what if I can get like an old like automatic, like the one you're talking about, where like you put five records on the top, oh, and then yeah. like one drops and it plays, and then the next one drops, yep. and it plays. And then I looked up the price. And I was like, "Okay, you're gonna go with the new one, dude." I paid. <laughs> I think I paid like two hundred bucks for this thing, like almost twenty years ago. Yeah, which they're, they're twenty years like, ago that was a lot of money for me. That was my whole like like week or two weeks worth of budget for a thrift store. <laughs> and because uh, I've been like I I I know Bob knows, but I've been flipping stuff for you know since I was in high school. I've been always always going to the thrift stores. Oh, oh, we'll get into that in a second. Okay, yeah, if you want to. <laughs> but the mechanism, it's this it's it's a stick with like a little piece of metal that's spring-loaded that comes out and the mechanism comes and hits that spring and pushes it in so that one record mm-hmm. will fall while the other ones are still held up by this other piece and it falls on top of the other record. And if it doesn't start spinning right away and the needle doesn't line up right, you're just rubbing two records on each other. <laughs> Oof. And yeah, big oof. And what I learned about the the belts, if the belts were sat in a certain position, like so the 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 belts, the flat part of the belt, if that was stretched out and the other two parts were mm-hmm. turned, it'd be like 
I fell into the burning river. I fell. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it, it's, it's, it's very complex machinery. Yeah. So you, it's, I'm glad the, you. The one I have is, is Japanese. So I looked it up and I was like, I wonder if it's like worth fixing or if it wasn't like a good one. I found two recent sales on eBay and mm. both of them were like $900. Yeah, it's not a and cheap And I was thing. like, it's okay. So that, no, it's the one I have. And oh, I was like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, oh, okay. This is a good record player. We're keeping this one. Right, right. Being After an audiophile is not a cheap hobby. No, 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 no In no, general, no. like that's, I mean, thrift stores would be your go-to if you're really looking yeah. into this. So I'm, I've, oh, I'm always in uh, thrift stores looking for the the old antiquated horn records and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, um, that's where I used to go. Like you said, religiously when I was in high school and college, yeah, yeah. I would go all the time. But for me, it was uh, video game stuff. It was Ooh. retro video game stuff. Very tough market right now. Right. Well, that's why I have a love hate relationship. Video games is a very tough market. Well, it's not thrifting. It's it's harassment at this point. Well, I mean, no, I'm saying in general to try to derive <laughs> a you know, a hobby-esque income from video games. Oh, yeah, stores. no. It's, this, it's, was, this was more for me, like, as a collector and less yeah. as, like, a flipper. Right, right, um, right, Which made it even more, like, annoying. Yeah, because your heart's in it, too. Right. Man. Like, oh. I want it for me not to flip it to the next guy. Right, but so, you don't want to go to the video store and spend $80 on <laughs> Mario Kart. You want to find it for 30 and fix it up and dry right. it up. And so, it, yeah. last, last week, I was just flipping through my phone, and uh, a thing popped up for uh, a Saturn. Like an actual Saturn the car? No, uh, God no. No, the planet. <laughs> no, the the console's <laughs> worth more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the planet. I took it. I took it up here, and he went, "Fuck you, Kyle." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, it's no, like no, a Saturn. the Roman god." <laughs> <laughs> you can get that on Facebook. Uh, slightly used. Oh, big statue. It's great. Emotionally. <laughs> Look at my backyard. There's a 12-foot statue. Don't ask where I got it. No, because I, I, I sat here saying, don't say the fucking planet. Say the car. That's funny because the planet's the first thing you think of. I said, cars are, fuck you, planet? <laughs> Amazing. That's well, why I like this show. You guys are like, I'm going to one-up this guy. <laughs> I love it. And if it's comedy you're one-upping, then everybody enjoys it. Yeah, it's win-win. So I, I go, I go to pick up this Saturn and I'm talking to this, I'm like, the prices are insane. I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Either I'm about to get shot or like, oh, I'm going to get mugged. Yeah, it was marketplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, like, I'm going to get shot. Yeah. There's no way these prices are low, like yeah. this low. So I picked up, do you remember the game Knights for the Saturn? It I, came, it I came with the- I was not very familiar with Sega Saturn. I have to be honest. Do you That's know the not... Dreamcast? Oh yeah. Okay. So the, the Knights game was developed by Sonic and the round controller- came with it okay it was basically the first uh analog like joystick controller yeah, yeah. Okay. looks almost identical to the dreamcast you could tell where the dreamcast came so, from to, to, to stop you to understand like as far as sega was it was up down left right and then when the dreamcast came out it was almost like an n64 joystick yeah it had every, it had everything okay cool yeah yeah Got so it. knights was like the first so that's a big step in like video game history yeah um and it's really expensive to just get the controller in the game. Yeah. So the guy was selling the controller of the game in the box with like the registration card oh. for like $90. And I'm like, I'm going to get shot, but I'm going to go. It's worth it. And I'd take a bullet for that. Yeah. So they're, they're worth like three to $400. Wow. Is, is the going rate. Yeah, so, but that, that's, that's 
that's irrelevant to you because right. you don't I'm not. Wanna... I'm not flipping it. Right. It's, it's in my basement. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to acquire so, this, and then that extra money, right. you could buy cool games. So then he's selling Sega Dreamcast, or sorry, Sega Genesis speakers. And I was like, excuse me? What? The what? And I had to Google it because I thought they were fucking fake. Turns out they made Sega Genesis speakers. They look like computer speakers, like the old two, but it had Sega Genesis thing on it. I shouldn't be hearing this because I'm going to see this shit when I'm picking for Castor. I'm like, I should. Because they're worth like 400 to $500 a pair. The guy was selling it for $30. So I was like, what? Yeah. So I was like, Please let me buy the speakers. Uh-huh. Whatever you do. Yeah. For the love of God, let me buy the speakers. Right. Before someone goes, because someone's just going to flip it. I'm yeah, going to see yeah, it on yeah. Marketplace. The guy finally gets back to me, and he's like, sorry, uh, the speakers are already sold, but the game is yours. So I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. So I drove up. I get the game. And then he goes, oh, is there anything else? You're so nice. A lot of the people on here are so rude that are coming in. I'm like, I, old guy. Old guy. 90% of the time, I Adult got community is saying... Do you have any more of this? So, adult community, blah, blah, awesome. blah. He tells me it was his son's. Uh, son passed away however many years ago. Yeah. He thought he got rid of it all. Turns out there was one more box. He was playing the video games, didn't eat, died of hunger. <laughs> so, he goes, uh, I do have a little bit more. And he shows me a stack of Saturn games. And I'm like, weren't you selling these? I thought you pulled them. Like, I thought you pulled them off Marketplace. You sell them for like $500. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, but, you know... I was getting like harassed by some people, so I just I pulled the thing, and I was like, "All right." People well, are ruthless yeah. on Facebook. He goes, "How about this? Have you ever sold anything, dude?" It's I bad. haven't sold, but I've bought. Yeah, it, it, you can get great deals, like Joe's saying. Like you, can I'm afraid get, to sell. To be honest with you, you can get unbelievable deals by saying to the person, "Do you have any more things like this?" Trust me, I've been doing this with the cast iron kitchen stuff forever. Hey, do you have anything? I have, like a, this? I have a, an amp and a receiver that I got from a friend of mine yeah. that I have no use for and I should be selling, but I'm too afraid to deal with it. <laughs> Dude, I sold a Panasonic tube radio. Like, the the uh, I don't even know the technical term for it. It was something cool. I bought it at Goodwill. <laughs> so, like, when I'm picking for cast iron, if I don't find any cast iron, Pyrex or Corningware, any, like, vintage kitchen stuff, I have, like, a whole platform of other things I look for, like mm-hmm. Funkos and, you know, 90s toys in the box just mm-hmm. to, to get it on the eBay store, mm-hmm. just to create that revenue to help when... You know, right. it's called a dry day in picking. Like, mm-hmm. if, if what you're looking for isn't there, it's a dry day, so you can get mm-hmm. other stuff. Um, I sold this Panasonic uh, radio. I guess it's called a. Is it a receiver? It's just the radio where you plug the speakers into. The receiver, and, receiver, yeah. yeah. So it was a it was a tube one from the '70s. Apparently, one of the first Panasonics. I bought it for fourteen dollars at Goodwill, and I sold it for like six hundred. <laughs> So Damn. the guy that I bought, uh, dude, there's some, been some crazy flips over the year. But the guy that bought it from me. This was two years ago. Every couple weeks, hey, uh, seen any radios recently? Mm. Like that mm. that level of insanity. That's like, wow. uh, well, I'll give I'll give you the info if he wants to buy the uh, <laughs> well, the receivers and shit. Dude, do I'll it. Let you get know. him. Get him. Get <laughs> that monkey off my back. He can start messaging you, Bob. <laughs> but I tell him like, hey, listen, man, I'll keep you in my network mm. of pickers for my audio equipment because I see stuff. If if I think it's going to be at least double what the tag is on it, I will always buy it. Yeah. Mm. Because I have a network of people developed over the years where I can just take this stuff to. I got a video game guy. I got a toy guy. I got a golf club guy. I got a left-handed golf club guy. <laughs> it's this <laughs> network of people that, like... So, like, every day when I leave work, there are four thrift stores that are in 
the path of me getting back to my house, depending on if I leave work at 3.30, if I leave it at 4.30, it, blah, blah, blah. I know the schedules of when they put stuff out. Mm. I know the people that work there, the managers, like they don't, they don't hold things for me because they're not, in, I, yeah. I don't, I don't ask them to do that because I don't want to be responsible for somebody losing their job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if they inform me as to when they get stuff they know I'm looking for, I make sure they're taken care of. I get them coffee, donuts, pizza. I cater around Christmas with like sandwiches and stuff like that. I take care of these people because yeah. they're, they're helping me out. So I, I will go on my normal you know, four person or four, four thrift store path of things. Four I find. store tour. Yeah. And you build <laughs> up, you see the same people in and out, yeah. like almost like a, a weird roundabout version of coworkers. Yeah. Like, Hey man, did you see those golf clubs they had at the red, white and blue last week? They were, you know, Wilson left hand. Oh man, I, I missed them. All right. Well, give me your number. I'll shoot you a text next time I see golf clubs. Mm. And then he's like, well, yeah, what do you look for? So we all like, help each other. Mm. That's awesome. super cool because everybody, if you have the feast or famine mentality with anything, you will eventually be by yourself because it gives everybody else the impression that you are out for only you. Mm -hmm. If you let people know, I will look out for you. I will help you. Then they will help you and look out for you too. I have golf clubs in my car. I have video games in my car. So when I see uh, you know, Seth, I will give him the golf clubs. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when I see Brian, I will give him the 90s toys. And he has cast iron for me. And it's just this really cool ecosystem of people. But over the years, I will see, you know, an audio receiver or a record player or something. I'm like, man, I've never seen anything like that. Mm. And there's two rules. If it's priced way low than you think it should be, take the gamble. Because you could, if you can double it, You'll, you'll, you know, it's worth your time anyway. And if you go on eBay and type um, whatever the product is, you can actually use eBay to take a picture of the item and they'll search by the picture now, mm. which wow. is like a new wow. thing. New thing they institute. Like if you have a, like a, uh, uh, for instance, um, two weeks ago, I, I, I had a dry day. I didn't find any cast iron. And I found three uh, Barbies that looked super old. Now, I'm not well-versed in Barbies. I'm proud to admit that I don't know very much about Barbies. <laughs> How dare you? But I looked at their feet. They said Japan, and it said, like, 1958 in new Roman numerals on their butt cheeks. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think I might take the gamble on this. They wound up being, like, one of the first series they ever made. I bought them for 5 bucks a piece, sold them for over 250 So, <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? That's and awesome. The other rule is if you search eBay and there's no sold listings and no real um, examples of what you're mm. looking for that has been sold on eBay or is listed on eBay, buy it. Because mm. there is some weirdo out there in like Des Moines, Iowa that collects <laughs> Donald Duck pens and you're going to be able to sell these 50 cent pens for 500 bucks. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> Like, uh, for instance, the the NASCAR collection. I, mm -hmm. I, I had a dry day at the market the other day, and this guy that I usually pick from, he goes, hey, are you into NASCAR? I'm like, I mean, I'll watch it. I used to play NASCAR 98 on my N64. I loved it. <laughs> I would drive backwards and kill everybody. Um, <laughs> he's like, well, I got this box of, of these uh, old NASCAR, uh, what do they call them, 164th? Yeah. Or like the Matchbox? Yeah, yeah, the 164s. And I'm like, man, I know nothing about this. But he's got like 150 cars in the original package. I was like, I'll give you 50 bucks. He's like, can you give me 60? Yep. <laughs> now I have a box of NASCARs in the garage. 
And guess what? If I sit on it and I have the place to store it, I will make money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that will yield money to put into the business. So yeah. if you're willing to do the research, take the gamble, you have to take risks no matter what you do in life. Yeah. Whether I have it's a employment or hobby, you know what I mean? So yeah. you taking the gamble of buying the really expensive record player panned out because now, guess what? You have a really fucking good record player. <laughs> Well, so that's what happened with the Saturn stuff. So the guy came up to me. He's like, oh, I do have this box of, of old. Yeah. He gave me, he showed me the games. Yeah. And I was like, I can't pay $500. I just, I, I can't. He goes, well, how about this? Give me for $10 each. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Here, hundred bucks. Here you go. I'm, I'll take them. 10 games. Yep. So he gives me all the 10 games. I'm like, I think like a lot of them are sports games. So they're going to be garbage. Um, <laughs> But not that they're not fun. It's just that those are no the most... No bigger money sinkhole right. than vintage <laughs> video games that are sports. Right. So I was like, ah, whatever. But then he also had, like, uh, the V-Rally Racing, which is, mm-hmm. like, one of the first rally racing games. Ugh. It's, like, $70 game. Then he had uh, the NASCAR... Uh, not NASCAR. Uh, Virtual Racer. Like, the the, the arcade... Oh, like, Virtual Ridge Racer. Oh, kinda. yeah, yeah, No, yeah. Virtual Racer. Yeah. Oh, Virtual oh, Ridge Racer. Yeah, oh. yeah. And that's, like... A seventy dollar game. Yeah. He had it in the, and then I saw Panzer Dragoon. Uh, oh boy! Yeah, and Even I was like, I know what that is. I was like, oh fuck, that can't be it. No, wait, wait say it. it's pa- like a seven hundred dollar game. Dragoon? Panzer, Panzer Dragoon. Panzer Dragoon's like a seven hundred dollar game. Panzer yeah. Dragoon. So I was like, oh my god, it can't actually be it. It was a demo disc. So I was like, oh no, the demo disc is worth like thirty dollars. <laughs> So I was like, all right, cool, cool haul for the collection. Having a Panzer Dragoon demo disc is kind of neat because I'm never going to get the real game because I'm not about that life. And then the guy goes, oh, here, you might like this too. And he hands me the stickers of a Sega Saturn, like four Sega Saturn stickers. And I was like, are those the stickers that came with the console? And he goes, I don't know, but if you're a collector, maybe you'll you'll enjoy these. So I was like, that's really cool. Thanks. And he gave me the instruction manual. Panzer Dragoon. That's it. Panzer Crab Rangoon. No, that's different. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a different one. Okay. That's, that's a mod. That's Crab Rangoon and a tank. Sega Saturn. <laughs> Can you imagine? Sega Saturn Grill Cheese. <laughs> wow. Well, we dude, holy hell. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I wasn't kidding. Yo, you were not, dude. This oh, we skipped a couple steps here, buddy. <laughs> so wow, yeah, that's up there. So if you he said it like it was profound. Even I know what that is. <laughs> Yo, I don't know oh, any oh, other oh. game. <laughs> well, I don't wow. know any other Saturn game. That's the only Get one. Get the guards with the furry hats. To, you know. <laughs> Knights and Panzer Dragoon. Those are really? the big ones. Yeah. Wow. So okay. So um, now I know to look. So I got. He gave me the stickers, yeah. and I was like, "That's really cool. I think I know what those are." And he gave me a Sega Genesis instruction. Way to undermine book. my stickers, then. Fuck me, huh? Well, <laughs> I know what those are, too. <laughs> so I get home. Like, no big deal. And I'm starting to look like at the games to see like what they're worth, just so I know. Yeah. And then I come up with the stickers. He just handed them to me. Fucking $90. Those are the OG. When you buy the console, you get the stickers. Wow. Like, in the box. Damn. So I was like, that is such a fucking cool collector's piece. To just have the original stickers. So now let me ask you this. You have the you have the emotional connection to that whole experience. Mm-hmm. You have the emotional connection to acquiring the games, finding out the stickers, seeing your pan- Panther Dragon goon goon or whatever. <laughs> and you it, it it's gonna be it's like when you name a chicken. 
it's going to be 10 times harder to slaughter that chicken. Well, it's going to be hard for you to ever part with that stuff because you have this emotional connection with it. Well, see, the thing for me, I was always a Sega. Like, I was a Sega baby. Mm-hmm. And then when I grew up, I went to PlayStation. And blah, blah, blah. My but mom called every video game after Sega. we had Sega, Sega. Yeah, my Turn mo- my off that too. PlayStation, Sega. My, my mom still calls everything Sega. I'm yeah. like, mom, PlayStation they've been out that. of business. Get that since, Xbox 360 2001. Sega out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Turn off the Sega. I'm like, yeah. it's 2009. Yeah. Sega doesn't exist anymore. They Mom, make it. it's not a Sega. It's an N64. Then dad goes, shut it all up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I I am a big collector of Sega. I have one of every console they've ever made in North America. Okay. Like, All right. You just cemented your reputation. Thank you very much. It, a couple of them were hard, but I, I got understand them. Your, I understand <laughs> your dedication. Um, So, like, it's not for me to flip that kind of... I do have, like, 37 Genesises. And that I will tell you is emotional. I would tell and you I'll that's tell you weird why. If you didn't have a bunch of different versions of the same fucking frying pan in your basement too, like I, <laughs> yeah. I get it. So, well, I have my original <laughs> that I've had. I got when I was three. Your OG set. My OG. Yeah. And then my Griswold. I from got. My grandma. I got another one, and then yeah. I picked up another one. Then we moved, and they put got put in a box, and now I don't fucking know which one is the right one. <gasps> Of which one is mine. So you can't get rid so of So I can't get rid of any of yeah, them. They're just yours now. They <laughs> so live here forever. Those are just mine. That's an infinity set. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Every other console, I really like. I could I trade. It. I could swap. No big deal. Those three, dude, can't. That's it. Have it's you, not weird to me. I can tell you that <laughs> I bought a, a stack of skillets in my grandfather's hometown in Tennessee while I was plowing through the South one time. I can't remember which ones I bought from his town, so there's a whole stack of skillets. Not sure which one they are. You guys <laughs> live there until I figure it out. <laughs> have you guys encountered the other side of flipping or the people who try to scam flippers? I have actually had a few people attempt to scam me, and it always, always, always came back in my favor because I... I learned how to cover my tracks. Mm. I had a very funny experience at English Town Auction. So I used to I like English Town Auction. Don't 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 no, it's put nothing, a bad taste in my mouth. It's nothing with <laughs> the auction itself. But um It was a person there. there. The, I, yeah. It was a person there. Yeah. He dealt up to the Jets of paper behind my back. <laughs> no, so did. um we uh I used to go there all the time with my buddy Mike. He would also look for vintage video game stuff. I would look for music instruments because I was really into guitar, oh, okay. bass, drums, etc. Yeah, yeah. And I caught a really couple cool things there. Like I got a coffin case for a bass for like ten dollars. That's it was cool. sick as hell. Misfits. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh one guy there is trying to sell this violin. And he's trying to sell this violin for like five hundred bucks. I'm like, what is Stratocastius, man? That that's the story. Yeah. So he was telling everybody it was a Stradivarius. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I didn't know what that was. A fucking so, English town auction. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah. I called <laughs> at the time a guy who ran a music store and I was like, What is a Stradivarius? There's a guy at English Town Auction that's like talking this thing up and he starts laughing at me. Yeah, and I'm like, what? What's it's a six a, figure violin? A Stradivarius, more than six figures. A Stradivarius is like one specific violin manufacturer from like fucking Italy from like the 20s, and <laughs> there are only four or five known Stradivarius top grade violins in the world, which this guy was touting he was selling, Ugh. and they go for like tens of millions of dollars. Is there only five? Whatever the highest end was that he said that he was pitching, the guy yeah. gave me the whole earful, and I. I turn to him and I, I go, oh, well, like, you mind if I see it? And he holds it up to me. And I look on the inside and it says... There's only 650 that were ever made in the world. Oh, wow. my God. And that That's was from the 20s. Unreal. Does it say what the year was? No, 300 kept, years old is the newest. 300 so. years old. 300. Fuck, the wow. Last okay, one so the old. 1720s. Whoops. 1720s. <laughs> there you go. Last one. Um, 
the, the instrument was found three years later. The most recent one sold 2.3 million December, according to BBC. Got it. Millions, not tens of millions. Millions. But this guy's what? there telling everybody watching, this is a Stradivarius. And the guy on the phone with me is just laughing his ass off. <laughs> and I looked at him and I looked down at the violin. I looked back at him and it says, oh, it says right in here, replica Stradivarius. And he got pissed at me. This little dude, like old Asian man got in my face yelling at me because I said replica Stradivarius out loud. Yelling at you? Yelling at me. Like, you, you get out of here. You and just flipped out on me because I said you, you replica destroyed his loud. plot. Oh, right. yeah. And now there's like people around me are like murmuring, a couple of them laughing, a few of them leave. But he, oh, yeah. he followed me down the aisle. He was fucking furious. Well, can I ask you what he was asking for this Stradivarius? A couple hundred bucks. Dude, see, now. <laughs> That that's you know the way I approach that there is a complete subculture. Okay, so when you when you go to these flea markets, you see people out there with flashlights at four o'clock in the morning. That's me. I'm back at home in bed by seven thirty. I have no problem with that. No, I understand that's that, but cool. I'm saying the that's subculture the subculture of people that are selling these things, and that the reason that guy got so upset, and the reason that he thought he had to lie about it being a Stradivarius, that's a person in a tough spot. Yeah. So um, I look at it not not religious. We're not getting down that path. But I look <laughs> at it like my heart goes out to these people to feel that they have to use that that mm, method of sales. sales tactic. Yeah. That's somebody that's in a position I have not been in, and I've ex dude I have experienced that umpteen amount of times. Wow. So I need to I need you to do me a favor since you are always looking. Sure. I when my company was renovating, we, they had a payphone on the wall. It was a Verizon payphone. I took it because payphone. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, because payphone. Yeah. My dad, after like eight months, was like, we're moving. Get rid of the payphone. And I was like, why? Mm. It's payphone. It's, yeah. Why would we get rid of that? I could probably sell it. He's like, just get rid of it. It's not worth anything. And I, being an idiot, was just like, yeah, you're probably right. Mm. Tossed it. So, remember I said I now have a house phone? Yeah. Well... Duh, I want a payphone. Verizon <laughs> payphone. Okay. <laughs> Would Bell be a be Bell, an acceptable brand? Bell, Verizon, you name it. If you could find me a payphone, <laughs> they're worth like five to $800 now. Oh, yeah. And the one I had was clean because it was inside, so it wasn't rusted. I looked it up. It's nice. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I have to do that. I'm not... I'm, it's for, the, for, for my depth of yeah. understanding. So I... Would like a payphone, but I don't want to pay six to eight hundred dollars for a payphone. Correct. And I know you could probably find them when people are flipping them. I see it, them all the time. Yeah. So if you could just locate one mm -hmm. at like near like the hundred dollar mark, that'd be great. And then I could wire it up and and rig it to yeah. get it working. Sure. So that we could have a payphone for the podcast. There you go. <laughs> so it's oh like, my it, was, god. it was funny when I lived at home. Oh my god, I love everything about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I you can, can't hook that up to your home phone. The fuck you can't? Yeah, no, no, no. I don't mean you can't. Like, it's <laughs> not possible. Attitude. I mean, you're not giving out your home phone number to the podcast. Oh, it's a, it's like a made-up number. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. But you could actually make like, it work. Like, yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah. So I... I, it, I mean, okay. like, don't put your phone number out there on the internet for no, anybody no, no, no. to so, just call you whenever so, they feel like. So how this works, this, this service that I got from my grandma is basically a voiceover IP box that you get, and then that... Right. 
just plugs in. So like you could just change the phone number at will. You're totally embracing the fact that your grandmom's involved with this and you're starting to go down the hole, dude. I'm telling you, I'll oh, be waiting for you at the I'm bottom not, of this pit. I'm not okay. <laughs> you're gonna well, I got it for grandma, so we're gonna do the we're gonna get the cool cat pay phone. That's that's the right that's Oh, it's only right it was only model. for a couple weeks. It was like it's like four dollars a month to keep yeah, the but now you're into it. So now I want a real pay phone. You're into it. To just it. hook it up. And then I was looking. Damn um, it, say you're into it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm into okay, everything. All right, then yes. I was it. about to buy a fucking phone booth. See? My, oh, God. My <laughs> goddamn Doctor Who <laughs> here. My wife was looking at me. She's like, what the fuck are you going to do with a payphone? You like, got to embrace your weirdness. I was, like, I was like, the box? Put it out front on the fucking driveway. You got to make a call. Come to the phone booth. So, <laughs> Joe, where's grandma? Oh, she's out there. She's outside in the phone booth. 15 she's degrees outside she's in the phone booth. suffocating in the phone booth. Hey, hey. It was, a fancy, it was a fancy phone booth I could put heat in it. Your grandma pops <laughs> out of the phone booth and it's super, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. So how this, how it all started like a long time ago, I was really into um, like scrapping. Like I would, I, mm -hmm. when I, I was, I told you guys last time I was here, sorry. I told you guys uh, last time I was here, I took care of my grandfather. He Alzheimer's, dementia, full nine, and I was his round-the-clock caretaker. Uh, my family paid me, you know, you know, decent, decent money to take care of him. But you know, somebody once asked John Rockefeller how much is enough money. He said mm. a little bit more. So I figured out a little bit more. Um, I would take my truck out and I would recycle scrap metal. Mm. And it was a decent market back in the day. It was you know tail end of the last recession, two thousand eight crash, and all that. So scrap was high. Whenever the recessions. Whenever the economy's down, commodities are up. Mm -hmm. Gold, silver, all the way down to steel. So I created these, this, this website, and I said, I will market this website on Google, and if you give me the scrap from your auto shop or your electrician shop, I will create these Google ads for you. It was right, right on the, 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 the start of google prioritizing ads sponsored ads yeah. and i figured that out i figured out how much the sponsored ads would cost so i would go to these companies and say i'll pay for your sponsored ad if you keep me as a consistent customer to buy this scrap from you so i'd give them a little money for the scrap i'd buy their shop pizza and i'd pay for their sponsored ads and i would still make you know five to a thousand dollars every two weeks scrapping just with my truck so I got these clients and it just turned into this thing. It was, it, was, it was really good for a long time until the economy started getting better. I was happy the economy was better. There's more jobs, but then scrap goes down to the point where it's almost costing me money to operate. So I had to, to, to pivot mm. uh, for lack of a better term. But before I did, there was, this is still when I was living at home slash with my grandfather because, you know, he, he had passed away and I had to go back home, blah, blah, blah. Um, in between all that, I had a guy that owned a shop. He said, Hey, I got this old radiator here. You, you into radiators? I said, Yeah, it's aluminum. I'll take it. You know, I was scrapping radiators like, like nobody's business. I could, <laughs> you know, 50 cents a pound, you get a truckload of them, it's good money. Yeah. So I took the radiator and it looked, something looked off. Something looked different about it. I'm like, Man, this, thing, this is old. Like, I'm trying to look for markings, serial numbers, blah, blah, blah. I, and when I went to get it, the guy's like, I think it's from an older Corvette. I'm like, all right, we got to figure this out. And it was from a 66 Corvette, mm. original OEM Chevy, you know, wow. GM radiator, and it sealed up. Mm. It was good. It was wow. red. It was good. It was apparently a car that had rear end damage, but they salvaged the motor and the radiator, the front end. This guy bought a shop from somebody who died, and it was, you know, long, long, long story. Um, so I hung on to it. I put it behind my parents' shed, 
And uh, when I moved out to my first apartment, my dad's like, get all this shit out of here. Take it all with you. I'm like, I don't know where to put this thing. He's like, get it out of here. My mom's like, I don't want this stuff here, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> which they had every right to. Yeah. I was oh, yeah. Totally, you know, m- capitalizing on their home by keeping, it's my record collection. It's my radiator. It's my this, my that. <laughs> it's my, my Corvette radiator, my guys. Like, my mom's like, throw it out. Eventually, I'll have the rest of that Corvette. You put that there. Dude, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. You plan it to make the car grow? <laughs> no, I wanted to hold out. That's what my parents would say. <laughs> and you know, the very next week, I found a fucking 66 Corvette with no radiator in I'm going to buy a Saturn one day, and I mean to plan it. <laughs> um, so I, I'll never forget my mom saying, you got to throw it out. That's your only option. You have to throw it out. My dad's like, all right, you heard the boss. You got to throw it out. I'm like, hey, it's for a 66 Corvette. I want to wait and find somebody that needs it. My dad goes, put that back behind the shed and hang out and wait for it. And I found somebody, a hot rodder that wanted to buy it. And I got that radiator for free from a guy that knew what it was because he didn't want to deal with it. And somebody paid me 700 bucks for that radiator. Sheesh. And that moment I knew if I did my homework and I had a space to keep things, not hoard crap, but he like hang on to the right thing and wait for the right buyer. Mm-hmm. It could totally yield awesome results. And over time that accumulated into doing yard sales and flea markets and flipping. And then when I developed that, I had this really deep love for good food with, you know, living with my grandfather and whatever, it turned into the vintage kitchen stuff. Mm. And that's exactly where I'm at right now. So if I see those things from years past that I know make money, I will always grab them because that can help me buy my next skillet. Mm-hmm. That can help me buy my next diamond in the rough, you know, uh, a skillet that's, you know, that over uh, uh, last month, there was a guy at uh, Columbus uh, Flea Market that had a Erie spider, which is like the rare skillet of all times. Mm. Erie, May, Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, had a little spider on the skillet, number eight skillet. It's like an $8,000 skillet. Why do I know that? If you've ever researched cast iron, it like comes up as like the rarest, weirdest skillet in the world. There's articles all no, over No, I think I've seen it. I own one. I've probably po- it was, I've posted it that. one. It was, it's not one of the $8,000 ones, please, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's actually what... That was, and where the spider was, it's like all sulfur pitted out from like bad stoves, mm. but that's what the skillet was at one time. Uh, so somebody bought that skillet from somebody for $3,000 at the flea market and then mm. could sell it for eight. Wow. So just having that deep psychotic level of research and and mental storage. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like some it's like, people see it as yeah. like irrelevancy. Some people see it as like a, a a weird like like oh this is junk, but it it, it is yeah to some. But it's not yeah. like it's, plastic bags and already colored and coloring books. It, One man's trash is another man's treasure. You don't yeah. found a '66 Fender Stratocaster guitar case in the trash on Main Street in New Egypt in 2011. Oh, <laughs> And I sold it for a thousand dollars. I was gonna say, wow! To I was a gonna guy say, in gu- Belmar, three days after I found I it, I wouldn't be surprised. Those guitars are like what a hundred and forty thousand dollars now. Yep. Plus, yep. Even the ones that look like, take the most beat up guitar you've ever seen in your fucking life. Like barely any paint left. The one I put through my friend's garage door. Worse, way worse. There's no, there's no shine left on them. But if it's a sixty, if it's strat, a sixty six Strat. $43,000. He could sell it to the guy with the Corvette <laughs> and they can have matching years. <laughs> but like what I'm saying is it's not like you, you have to 
you have to understand what is worth hanging on to and what's not because yeah. eventually you're hanging on to, uh, you know, Acme bags with your own piss well, in them. That's what I'm going through in the basement. <laughs> not the Acme bags of piss. That's what I'm um, going through. They're, they're actually shop right bags. They're shop right. <laughs> My girlfriend's sorting the piss right now. We're it's out of the bright yellow shop right bags. We're out listen, of plastic bags coming to premium in New Jersey. I was Jersey. just going to say, we were out of plastic, so I'm using paper. It's not working well. Now we're buying the trash. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the basement, I am finally cleaning up to getting ready to clean, like to finish the basement. And right. I hoard tech shit because uh-huh. I never know if I'm going to need it. Right. Like someone has a weird old project. Someone has an anti-computer computer and you need a You're piece audio bins equipment. of wire guy, aren't you? Oh, 100%. oh yeah. Oh, I shit. threw out three bins of wire. Two days later, someone was like, you have an old printer cable? I was like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I Dude, walked into take- Joe's house once and I was like, you know, thinking of get a Google, getting a Google Home, and he goes, "I have six downstairs. Do you want one?" Still yeah, do. Like, dude, I just sure. broke my Google Home. Oh, you need another one. I got a brand new one in the box. <laughs> do. Dude, what you should do I got, is I got one in the box sealed, and I got one out of the box. I haven't plugged it. Every six months, every six months, I have a perch at my house. I go through everything I'm hanging on to. I say donate and write off because at a certain point, everything's worth the tax write off rather than taking up space. Mm-hmm. Donate write off. Keep and use, practicality-wise, like what can I use in my daily life, or sell. And the sell stuff goes in bins, and once I have 10 or 12 bins, I borrow my dad's truck, and I go to the flea market. Mm. Yeah, I haven't gone to the flea market yet. You have to get, it's not a rushed process either. You have to be calm about this, because rash decisions yield low money. You have to... Think about what you want, what you need, what you don't need, what you can sell, how much you want to sell it for. You have to go there knowing what you're going to sell it for because the worst thing anybody could say is, how much you want for that? I don't know. What are you going to pay? <laughs> Fuck you. How much? Um, <laughs> 50 cents. Two yeah. bucks. I, I love I got that. $3. I will walk away at the flea market if you say that. Hey, how much you want for that skillet? Well, what do you want to pay me? <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, Fuck no, you. no, 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 no. I want to sell it. Oh, no, no, no. See ya. My favorite, um, some people are like, what's, what's your lowest price? Like, yeah, I've already yeah. told you what the price is. Don't ask me for the lower price. My approach, I'll sh- I will pull the curtain back a little bit. I'll, I will I will push <laughs> away some of the smoke and mirrors. I said, what What do you need to get on this thing? Mm. And that's telling. That's that is that is not a question. That is a psychological deep spiral because it's telling the person you understand that they're making money on it. Yeah, but they understand you could potentially be uh, making money on it, or you know the true value of it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a mind fuck. They're like, what do I need to get for? Uh, what do I need to get? Uh, and it, 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 it almost exposes all the honesty, really. That's mm. the way I look at it. Like yeah. you just say, hey, what do you need to get for this thing? What do you need to make to, what do you need to get to be happy? And as long as that's lower than my nut for it, then we can, we can make this work. Yeah. Mm. And it works all the time. Whenever my dad has people try to haggle him with prices. How much is your nibbler there? Because like, uh, <laughs> he'll have, you know, he has Fuck you, like, his prices. Much. It's like, you know, blah, 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 55 and up. It's this and up because it right. depends on the size of the shoe, the make, how hard right. it is, blah, blah, blah. People will be, he'll be like, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's $53. And like, oh, well, can you do 45? My dad would be like, $57. <laughs> and he'll raise the price every time to- by every amount that they try to lower it. Oh, yeah. And they'll be like, fine, 40. He's like, no, it's 57 now. Right. right. And they're like, fine, we'll go somewhere else. And they're like, all right, I'll see you next week. Yeah. And sure as shit, they come in, head down a couple days later. 
tail between yep, their it's legs. Fifty-five dollars, okay. And that is a true testament to your dad's craft, right there. That mm-hmm. that is a rootin' tootin' son of a bitch. He can make a shoe, and that that. Oh, see, he can be an ornery son of a can bitch. We, but is there is, would there ever be a scenario where we would have like I mean, not we. I'm not speaking for you guys if you'd mm. be as interested. But I I personally, Bob, I, and this is. This is this is Kyle, the person who is cast iron Kyle. I would like to go and see that. So yeah. So real talk, I've been thinking about. I have a very expensive pair of shoes I bought. I my favorite dress shoes I've ever bought. So do I. Me too. Because uh, they have. <laughs> I only have garbage shoes. So I well I bought we really, really 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 expensive ones. <laughs> like the um, they have like a flex in the middle, like fabric. Yeah. So you kind of look like uh, they're like way too fancy for like normal shoes. It's like right, black, yeah, yeah. white with the fabric, and then black again. Yeah. I love wearing them because they're comfy because you could actually walk and like they right. bend. Right, right. Um, but I've used them. They're now my for, like, magic shoes, Jenny. Yeah, they look like they look like fucking Michael Jackson shoes. There you go. Um, but they're comfortable as all fuck for a dress shoe. Um, but I don't want to get rid of them and I don't want to buy another pair That's because they're really good. They just need to be cleaned up and probably redone. And I was like, <laughs> Bob's like, my dad does works at uh, you know has a shoe factory. I'm like. He does what now? <laughs> now he, 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 Bob told me about what his dad does, and he's mm-hmm. he's right. He's one of the last true people of his craft. And like on top of that, he's he's literally. And my girlfriend just texted me in all caps. You need to have your dad on as a guest, dude. <laughs> nice. Which we could bring this shit to him fun. and have him. If you do, do Bob, a shoe. He would be all about that. And do a shoe. He would be all about that. If I bring my shoes, I'll pay. Like not for free. If he, if I bring my shoes, could he could he like fix my shoes live? Probably, Bob. If you do, let me please, please. <laughs> yes, I ask you this well, you in all just... sincerity. If you do have your father here to talk about what he's doing, I, I would. I would contribute as much as I can. I would make the episode completely not about me, but make me part of the panel, so to speak. Because I run machines. The newest machine I run at my job was made in 1949. <laughs> the oldest one was 1914. I'm telling you, I run vertical turret lathes, vert, you know, horizontal lathes made in you know the industrial era of Ohio. I really want to hear about the manufacturing process of these machines. And I am, I am such a machine nerd where oh, I would yeah. love to you know, kind of help you guys like create the content and the and mm-hmm. rear the questions out of him. So oh, if, yeah. if we could, dude, I am all over that. We <laughs> uh, we could definitely set something up. I'm sure he would have no problem with us just going to a shop one that day. That is unreal. And doing the show live there, <laughs> like live on site. Because he, <laughs> you know how I picture it: the beginning of Toy Story where the the guy's fixing Woody. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, like, you know what we could fucking do? Because it's like such an old, like, antiquated thing. We'll put like a sepia filter over the camera. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's not though. That's the thing. Mm. It's still such a necessity. It's I'm not. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I no, no, I know like, you're not. But it's like it's 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 there's a there's a dub, it's such a double edged sword. Is it an antiquated process? Absolutely. But is it something only a handful of people know? Absolutely. I, and I mean, he, the equipment that this man has is like he can sharpen knives. Yeah, he'll cut keys. He can sharpen knives. Can he oh, sharpen yeah. Japanese knives? Like <laughs> I'm sure he could. I might be outsourcing. He's got he's got a whole wheel set up, like a rough side, a smooth side. Like he does all of only Holy thing, only hell. thing he can't do is serrated. Is mm-hmm. anyone smelling what's cooking right like, now? Cast Iron Kyle, Bob's dad collab on <laughs> sharpening Japanese like Damascus steel he'll knives. Cut, he'll cut keys install zippers like fix handbags and suitcases and shit he has a manual sewing machine mm, manual like, like you use your feet like the foot pedal yeah. to actually make the machine work 
Mm. Like not did? none of this electric shit. Like it's all manual like and all Singer, that. Like, like the for, air, the air pump. No, manual. Like it's oh, a, like each stitch is a push. It's each stitch is a push, and he's got his like foot wheel thing. Uh, it's got a flywheel and like it, a pulley system. Mm-hmm. They it's, make tables out of them. It's one hundred percent mechanical. Wow. Like there's On not the, a single like oh. electric component there. His friend used to cut gems, hmm. like actually like polish the gemstones, like cut them. Unbelievable. All that kind of shit. Like he can literally fix almost anything. Do hmm. not be surprised if he is on here and there, it, <laughs> it goes into something big because people want to see that stuff. Oh yeah. There is TikTok and Instagram reels. They all learned real quick that people don't want to place ads against like, you know, high school girls dancing all the time. Like <laughs> Verizon is not going to take an ad out against that. Yeah. But if it's cool content that people want to see, they're going to oh, yeah. take an ad space. I, he literally made a necklace for my girlfriend. Unbelievable. Like she got a piece of sea glass and my dad's like, yeah, I can make something out of it. The dude made a necklace. Did he polish <laughs> the sea glass? Yeah. Unbelievable. He's he's got a, a wait, gem wait, wait, wheel, wait, wait, wait. like a the, gem your wheel. Your dad knows how to facet gemstones. Yeah. Okay. Can you can <laughs> can I can he teach me that? Because there's a uh, there's a, like an enormous market for faceted gemstone dice. Mm. No shit. And it is all just mathematical calculations and angles. Gemstone dice. Yes. So there's a guy that will take legit gemstones. Okay. And he was in gemstone faceting and not only would he do the shape like the d20 but he'll put like on each it's corner a d20. let me see that 20 right. sided die he'll put on each corner a Whoa. faceted flat five pointed star so imagine like you know how the top of a diamond's faceted with like yeah. instead of just the yeah. square it's got like the corners cut off right. he'll do faceted shapes in the corners of the d20 Whoa! and he's done them out of like quartz and they shine like diamonds. Dude, it's this looks insane. Like a, this looks like a ring pop, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a, a ring pop that you dropped by accident. That's, uh, that's you got your hand out like it's something. What is, what is that made out of? That? Epoxy. Yeah. That's uh, epoxy <laughs> and uh, foil. Wow. Dude, that is... It's just, it's a skill, Bob. Your dad's got to embrace it. We got to get him to mm-hmm. embrace it because it, it's... I it's, should honestly just teach my dad how to make dice and he can use... Because Bronson, he has like the whole like jeweler's wheel... And all that kind of stuff to polish it up and he has shine. A teach wheel? me. I think he has two. I, he had two. He might only have one now. I don't remember. That's unbelievably cool. The amount of shit my dad knows how to do is yeah. disturbing. I'm not yeah. kidding. Can you please <laughs> teach me how to facet that? Yeah. I want to learn that so I, bad. We'll have my dad come on as a guest one of these days. I would lo- I'll, I'll stand over there in the kitchen and listen. I don't even need a microphone or headphones. I'll sit over there and listen. Because those are the people. The problem with... I don't want to sound like an old man screaming on the porch, but the problem with society nowadays is people don't understand who you need to listen to. Mm-hmm. There are people that are screaming, screaming, and nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, one day we're going to be like, man, those people were screaming. We should have been listening. And nobody's, nobody's picking that up. Mm-hmm. And when I would like where I work right now, there was, like I said, the old guy that I learned the machining, I didn't learn the machining practices from, but I watched him mm-hmm. and what he would do every once in a while while I was in the middle of doing what I would do. I would like peek over and be like, wow, that's crazy. I hope maybe if I do that one day, I'll, I'll do it that way. Mm-hmm. I need to learn how to do it that way. 
I can't go to Google and, and Instagram and, and YouTube for this. Yeah. You can't for what your dad's doing. No. And there's got to be somebody between here in California or Canada and Mexico that wants to learn that. Mm-hmm. They, there it's, has to be. My dad is always, he's part of this one Facebook group of cobblers. And there's a bunch of guys over in Italy that share what they do and mm. all this other stuff. And and he's like, man, I just saw this guy. He did da, 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 da. And while he's doing that, he's making coffee. And because of that video, he went out and bought like this like old school Italian stovetop coffee maker that my grandfather had. The like, little espresso <laughs> one. It looks like yeah. a little, like an hourglass it's almost. Almost like an hourglass, like yeah. a, a combination of those two, like yeah. all, all metal just right yeah. there on the stove. Yeah. yeah. House smells like coffee every afternoon when he gets home. It's oh, amazing. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. I think it's something you guys need to embrace, I think. Um, yeah, speak- when we do that show, I'll uh, I'll let you know, and you, I, and by all means, I could be a fly on up the with wall, us. dude. That rolls all the way back to why I have a new record player, not the old one. Right. I can't find anybody to fix it. No, that's, dude, you would, you remember, I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if you guys grew up in the same area as me. I mean, have you been in this area predominantly, like, most of your life? It was a little south, but... Well, by me in the Hamilton, Trenton area, that was a very industrial area, area oh, yeah. 20, 25 Robling years ago. Rolling Steel? There was... Brooklyn Bridge? M- there was microwave repair shops. Mm-hmm. There was VCR repair shops. And the complete chaos of inventory in these places, and the guy knew where everything was. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like when shit breaks in our house. Like, our, our toaster broke. I'm like, is there a guy with, like, fucking pliers that could come here and fix it? Because I can't fix it. I work on big machines, and I can't figure out how to fix this modern toaster oven. <laughs> that's literally my dad's shop. Yeah. You walk in, it looks like a bomb went off, but he knows where every single piece of everything is. That's dude Albert Einstein's desk. Go, go ahead and Google that one. What it, what his office looked like, mm-hmm. and it, it's my basement. Yeah, <laughs> you know where everything is. Yeah, You're like Joe, where, where's this? Here, here you go. Yep. <laughs> if you move it, gone forever. Where <laughs> there's a paper clip under my desk, right next to the <laughs> yeah. left leg, but it's the left rear leg, and it's bent a little bit at a ninety degree angle, and yeah. it's right under there to the left. Yeah. yeah, I will give exact instructions to my wife. She's like, "How? How do you remember mm-hmm. where that was?" I'm like, "Because I put it there." My girlfriend and I have the same <laughs> discussion. I she says, "How do you how do you remember?" I was like, "Because listen, women get mad at men for what they uh, forget. Men get mad at women for what they remember." Think about that. Mm. Am I wrong? No, I think that checks out. Yeah, that checks. <laughs> I think that I think that math tracks. I don't mean it derogatory because <laughs> trust me, dude, I forget all, a lot. Like there's a lot of times I'm dead guilty of forgetting, but there's times where I remember exactly where I put stuff. Like I'll have like a tool or like a little fitting or something or something I need to bring to work and I'll put it under the envelope that the electric bill's in and the electric bill's due in two weeks. So I know that the electric bill's not moved yet. So my piece should be under there. That's my thought process. But unfortunately, oh. that's not conducive to a nice house. And I, it's I have the ADHD. So <laughs> if I put it under something, it's gone forever. Ooh, it's got to be that's, a vision. That's why I have everything Ooh, out and about. That's, that's a, that is a vicious animal. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like a T-Rex. My memory is based on vision. <laughs> I used to be that way. You know how I had to do that? Dude, you know how I had to combat that? I was the same same thing. I had to write down in my phone where I would put things. Yeah, but see, I then I never checked the note that I wrote. Because it's closed. You got an initiative, bro. You got you to gotta push. Speaking, <laughs> of things, for initiative. Sp- speaking of things to put in your basement, I got this package. I want to show you guys. That's what she said? <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing it. Oh, boy. All right. I, um, your package has a tail. <laughs> 
It does. <laughs> it has three tails. All right, so all right, let me see if I can get this out of here. Here we go. Ugh. So for each of you guys for being so generous, letting me be on your podcast to ramble about record players and all kinds of things. I got, I have a skillet for each of you guys. Oh wow! Oh, it's you a nice, you know, grill skillet. A grill it? A grill it? <laughs> yeah, dude. What? <laughs> <laughs> Marketing genius over here. <laughs> um, you know, just clean them up, whatever, oil them up. And I want to see what you guys can cook in this. I'm challenging Ooh. you guys to cook some steak, to cook some chicken, pork chops, veggies, whatever you want, and share it with me. Because I think that you guys could come up with some really cool stuff. So this is, this is one, one, of them, one of each for you. Thank you. Yep. That is awesome. Oh, from the, I from forgot the, they're heavy. From the depths <laughs> of my garage, you guys each get the same exact thing. So there's a control. All right. To the experiment. You know, I love it. Joe's already going to win this competition. <laughs> oh, 100%. I already, I already had an idea. His grandmom will be, you know, be able to help him. My grandma doesn't really use cast iron. She doesn't like meat. She cooks a lot Ooh, of veggie stuff. Okay. Well, then, hey, part of the equation. And for each of you guys, I got you a industrial stainless steel wool. A, a ball of foil. Scrubber. Yes. <laughs> to help maintain your skillets if they're bad, if stuff sticks, whatever. And then in between, if it doesn't, I got you guys some score pads so that you don't go crazy. Scouring. Scouring. There you go. Yeah. So that's for each of you guys. Thank you for letting awesome. me come here and just feel free to talk about whatever, wherever the conversation goes. I love the open format of your guys' spot here. So Hell yeah, we that, love having you. Thank it's, you. It's been, the, I think, the my favorite part of the podcast have been when we get guests on to just uh -huh. talk about like their thing. Like we had uh, the guy from one one point five who yeah, talked we, about the we weather. Had Toriello come on. He, yeah, huge. yeah, that, that was a good episode. I listened to that. It one. was just I love like our friend Phil came on and and talked about mead and we we made mead. I like, wish I was here for that one. We I have a bottle one. if you want to try some. I would love to try <laughs> yeah, some. So you have here. some? Yeah, it's, it's Dude, our mead. It's, I it's love tabletop mead. Yeah, that well, the, it's, you it's, have your own with yes. recipe. Yes, our thing. Yeah, yeah. We made it on the I show. I would be absolutely and he, honored. And he bottled it so for us. I have, we'll have to get into that. So I have a big bottle. Okay. Spoiler, uh, we were looking to do for like our hundredth episode or whatever. Okay. Bring as many guests as we can back to have like a. You send me the pop you, the bottle well, open on the it. mead. Well, don't nice. know. Is that all you have then? No, I got extras. All right, I want to taste it. I got. I, got I love mead, dude. When I go to um, Jim Thorpe, Jim Jim Throw Up. <laughs> um, there's a accurate there's a meadery there and there's oh. an old man that looks mean and blows bubbles out of his house <laughs> <laughs> you walk that, down that is very like uh, northeast pa jim thorpe is is so awesome but yet like it's just like wedged in this weird spot there's a firehouse that's turned into a restaurant and a theater it's the coolest thing ever huh. well, you walk down the streets because i <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Fuck you. Have a nice day. But there Fuck is you. a there is a mead um spot to drink. I don't know brewery, distillery. Meadery. Meadery. Is it meadery? Uh, there is a meadery there, and we they were giving out little little samples mm -hmm. like hummingbird cups yeah. of uh, mead, and I was like, I'm there. At, what the hell's mead? I don't know what that is. And I tasted. I was like, we need to buy a vat of that. Yeah, <laughs> which we talked last time. A vat is a way to describe a large amount of something. Mm -hmm. Um, America, and I learn, and I. <laughs> so I have ADHD, very bad too. So I get to the point where I learn a new word, and then I have to research like the origin and like every single thing that's ever involved with that word. I feel that, and yeah. um, I really got into mead, and I learned like the Vikings, how they distilled, and the, you know, it's it's it it's a very antiquated way to make 
really good stuff nowadays. So I'm very interested in trying it, and I liked that episode a lot. That was very cool. Yeah. So that's fun. So since you gave us stuff, I guess you have to give us, or you have to do one more thing for us. Yeah. Um, can you grab the meat, the vegetable, the wok? How many books do I have now? I've been trying to get to six. Okay. Uh, let's see. One, two. There's the, the meat. Okay. <laughs> Actually, we'll keep pizza. Skip a uh, skip pizza. Get a veggie walk. Uh, the food lab. Okay. Just one, two, three. Do I get to six? However many it takes to get to six. I'm bad at counting, and I'm looking in a weird direction. Okay. <laughs> Here, there's six. Okay. Perfect. What do I have to do. So we got we got to roll a die. Gordon Ramsay's home cooking. We have sous vide. Before proud we... as fuck to say that this dude. Follows my Instagram now. <laughs> wow. I'm not kidding. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Uh, organically, Jinx. too. That's fantastic. I got a message from one of my buddies who's a big foodie. Like, dude, are you sitting down right now? I'm like, no, <laughs> what do you mean? What, am I, what do you mean am I sitting down? He's like, he's like, me and my wife are looking through your Instagram. Like, who follows you? Like, who we follow? She, he goes, I, I, I think, I think Gordon Ramsay's following your Instagram. I'm like, there's no fucking way Gordon Ramsay's following my Instagram. <laughs> that's like the pinnacle of where I'm at. I only have like 20,000 followers. There's no way. And I, I, I was like, hang on. And I had him on speaker. And this is one of my best friends. And I looked and I looked and he was fucking following me, man. And it was like <laughs> that is so cool. One of the coolest days I've ever felt like, wow, I'm doing something that I should be doing. And that is so fucking Well, sick. I was standing right there. I took my most current restoration video and I just sent it to him. I said, hey, Gordon, I really appreciate you following me. I know that you, there's probably no chance of you seeing this, but here's my most current restoration. Would love to hear your thoughts. Messaged me back two hours later. Said, this looks absolutely incredible. Like, huh. holy I, shit. I wish you the best, Gordon. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so that's, cool. That's insane. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's a day I was truly living. <laughs> that's Hell awesome. Yeah. Not that only so because cool, he's man. so famous, but he's, I, he's actually somebody I truly look up to. Yeah, oh, yeah. He has a very awesome story. So we have a tradition that we forget 98% of the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really a tradition, but we're going to make Please, it a tradition. We're there trying. Is your, there is your opening clip. <laughs> Welcome to Tabletop Trio. We have a tradition that we forget. Yes. <laughs> Where we like to have, and you know, we have cooking episodes every now and then. We uh, like to have... We, we like to have our guests tell us what to cook next. Mm-hmm. And since we all play D&D, we like to have our guests roll for what we're going to be cooking. Where's your leather cup thing? Oh, you need a... You need a yeah, we're going to do, you know, do, yeah, do, do, do it the right we're way. We're going to do it right. I don't want to throw this nice... Look at these. These corners are, are like, you know, precise here. I don't want to throw them on a granite table. <laughs> Some <laughs> bitch lives. He's got a granite table here. <laughs> throw it in the alligator. Number four. So... Top down? Ah, sure. One, two, three, four. Okay. The wok. The wok. Oh, we're cooking from wok again. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. The wok. The wok has been a a, a favorable role lately. Put those back. And then what's this dice here? What do we have with this? uh, D4. Okay. Because I think there's not that many pages in that book. Okay. So for the, uh, this is rolling for the hundred. So a one is going to be zero to 99. Okay. A two is page 100 to 199. Okay. Three is two hundred to two ninety nine. Okay, and four is four hundred to four. This is a perfect dice for this then, because it falls into almost any amount of pages you would have. All right. Well, if it doesn't, we move up to the eight. Dude, hey, (laughs) no, you're you're playing with fire here. Let's see. 
Four. Four. All right. See if that has a four hundred. Oh, three hundred. Three. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Three hundred. Guarantee it does. Oh, right. That's three hundred. So yep. three. Uh, so start to three. Here you go. Are we doing the D one hundred? There we go. Yeah. Yep. All right. This is fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> now, what does this dice signify? Uh, so that's the next number. So okay. we're at three hundred. Two. Meow yourself. Cat is saying hi. Now roll that same die one more time to get the final page number. I'll do you one better. I'll I'll do the recipe too. Ooh, okay. What what did you roll? Three. So three three twenty three. We got dude. Here we go. It's always good when you have the recipe with no picture. Um, (laughs) Shanghai style sesame noodles. That oh Oh, hell yeah. That sounds hella good. I'm gonna take a picture of it. We can. And share that. I'll share that through our group text there. That is going to be fun. Three twenty-three of the walk. Shanghai just, sesame noodles. Just caught a recipe ingredient here: uh, creamy peanut butter, preferably natural, the kind you have to stir. Yeah, aka oh, we really know, we know it's going to be good. Here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so far, everything that I've made out of that book has been phenomenal. Oh yeah, dude. This is this is that. Yeah, my hair blew back here, but this is awesome. <laughs> I love this. Okay, cool. So we got it. You, you, we're good. All right. So now our next three hundred uh, page three hundred twenty three. Yep. Yeah. So now uh, the next time we have our cooking episode, which I guess presumably is next in a couple weeks. Couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be making that. Or when we coordinate between now and the Boston Hot Sauce Festival to do the tasting. Video. Whether or not you guys want to make a podcast out of that, it's totally up to you, which I'm, I assume you would. But mm-hmm. if not, we would still like to. Everything's content. This is kind of a middle <laughs> middle point of all the people testing. It's going to be myself and one other guy. Um, and we would love to do that here with you guys. Absolutely. I'm not sure how much of the tasting would be done on your side, but to be part of that, we I'll bring some other stuff for you guys yeah, to we'll, enjoy. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Dude, thank you very much for having me on today. I have really enjoyed myself a lot. Thank you for this being here. Thank awesome. You. Always a good time when you uh, when you come on. Always a, a fun, good conversation. Appreciate it very yeah. much. And uh, let, let our listeners know again the uh, the best way to get a hold of you, to contact you, follow you, etc. on all the different things that you do. You can send a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> um, no, you can, uh, you can message me on Instagram um, at castiron underscore Kyle. Uh, also on YouTube, castiron underscore Kyle. Um, kind of teaser here. We're going to be launching a... Uh, a, a YouTube channel where we're going to be doing like long form uh, videos where we have a topic, like an open forum conversation, kind of like you guys do, but with a hot sauce and wings, we're going to be calling it the air fryers club. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like the fryers club with yeah. the roasts of the Dean Martin days. We're going to call it the air fryers club. Wow. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> you guys are all welcome. We'll, we'll do a big blowout. You guys can come on and hang out. Um, but I'm doing some YouTube shorts on there. So cast iron underscore Kyle on YouTube. I would really appreciate to subscribe because I think I have like 14 people on there. It'd be nice to have a little more than that. And um, do it right now. Castironkyle.com <laughs> for my landing page with the recommended products and the Amazon shop and all that other stuff. So um, I appreciate having me here. And I, I if you have any questions, I'm, I try to be as approachable as possible. I don't think there's any dumb questions other than one that you don't ask. So. Not to be cliche, but a fortune cookie here. So Subscribed. Very good. Thank you very much, Bronson. <laughs>
Working on that now. There you go. <laughs> I'll do it after. Um, um, but Bronson uh, Ferry, your last name's Ferry? Yep. Oh, the Bronson Ferry. Oh. <laughs> I've blessed you with a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enable the fairy curse. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, any cast iron you touch will immediately rust. There you go. <laughs> hey, and when you guys... Hey, when... I'm going to come up with a challenge for you guys. I'm going to roll some dice and shoot some shit in my cookbooks and send you guys something I want you to cook in your, Ooh, your skillets. You got it. So enjoy them. That'll be fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Very good. But uh, as always, thank you all so much for hanging out with us here on Tabletop Trio. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Tabletop Trio. Uh, you can also listen to us wherever you find podcasts, so Apple, Spotify, whatever government listening device you have in your house. The birds outside. <laughs> yeah, just just tell it to play tabletop Ham, ham radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally anywhere, we're just, we're here. Uh, so for one final time, I'm Bob. I'm Joe. And I'm going to try not to burn my house down. <laughs> and I missed a plug. Please check out, if you're into cast iron history, like a, like a nerd like I am, uh, Podcast Iron. I paid a lot to trademark that name, so check it out. <laughs> <laughs> So that'll just about do it for us. Thank you all so much for hanging out. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Bob from the Tabletop Trio podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, make sure you give us a follow, a like, subscribe, whatever you want to do here on podcast. Don't forget, you can watch everything live Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock twitch.tv slash tabletop trio and uh, yeah, make sure you give us that like follow and a whole lot more and we'll see you soon.